Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 70. John, how are you doing this Tuesday evening? Hello, baby. No, how Valvinus came out? Hello, ladies. Something oh, like that. Hello, like lady. The, That's what the it was. dirty. How you doing, man? <laughs> doing all right. Uh, yeah. yeah. The plant show just ended. Uh, I know you watched it. I will be watching it while editing after recording this podcast, but uh, I'm excited to see the all the bitching and moaning about us getting death matches. It makes up for it in Japan as we get three straight cards of death matches. So I'm interested in uh, catching up on some death match wrestling with uh, freedoms involved as well. I am fresh off the show. I've got fresh notes, purely fresh kiss, like a chef's kiss Mwah, is the best way I can put it. The main event, Joey Janela, fantastic. Go watch it, especially if you're an old school deathmatch GCW fan. Yeah, I'm excited. Brett's, uh, Brett said that was the top two. He said his top deathmatch, he said Janela versus Ciclope in Chicago. I never saw that, and I actually uh, pulled it up here on, on a tab so I could watch that later just because uh, – and I don't think I can recall that match. And if that's his, he says his top death match. And then the second one with Joey Janela and Takeda in the main event today, uh, I definitely want to check out the first one. And I'm, I'm excited. I, we, I get the death match itch every once in a while. And uh, this will hold me over to NGI probably. Uh, you know what? That's maybe another idea sometime is to get on switch or on switch. Wow. <laughs> wonder what that is. That's like some Swedish version. <laughs> Um, maybe get on Twitch sometime and we talk about maybe dialing in a couple classic GCW wrestling matches and we watch them. Yes. That might be uh, if if possible. Maybe it's a, I'm not Mr. Wonderful on all this stuff, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe there's copyright shit that kind of gets in the way and I'd get that too. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll see what we could do because yeah, we I know we got some stuff lined up that we're gonna be doing, and that's I don't care about the copyright on that. That's not uh, GCW's company, so <laughs> I don't. So what care. are we doing? The chance. It's okay to talk about it real quick. This is our thing. What are we doing? What are you thinking about doing? CZW. I want to go, but I want to find like uh, the first one we do. I want to find like the best rated, like the one on Cage Match, or like what you think is the best CZW you've seen. Like that's just like the most outrageous shit out there because I do want to catch up on uh, a lot of the old school death matches and all the other stuff they used to have before uh, GCW kind of came around. So, yeah, I think what we're going to do is kind of get a Twitch together. If not there, if maybe there is one already, I'm not really sure that's on your side, B, for sure. But... Yeah, I got, I can use mine. I don't, like I said, Sweet. I don't care if I get copyrighted on that. <laughs> that's good. And uh, maybe we'll shoot out a little something there and uh, have some video. So we can yes. kind of do a little video to accompany some things here and um, maybe just try to have some fun. So, yeah, we'll look fun. forward to that. And, but we are truthfully trying to we're we're trying to get some together and we are talking about it. So I don't know, maybe look for a link at some time soon here. We might be having some fun. Uh, we'd like to bring some people in there with us. Yes, I, I do want to get a chat going and uh, not just you uh catching me up on all the other stuff with czw but it would be nice to see some fa other fans uh perspectives and recall recalls or recounts or if it's their first time seeing it too getting their first initial reactions i was like getting initial reactions from people uh for the first time seeing some crazy shit but tonight we are, oh, yep tonight we are covering <laughs> gcw's now and forever from the Melrose Ballroom in New York City, New York. Um, I know you got some pre-show remarks. I, I just want to throw in one. I don't think I saw it on your notes real fast, but uh, the video that they kind of do uh, before the New York shows with Alicia Keys singing New York and stuff. I, mm -hmm. I, I like it. I, I kind of wish they would, it's just, 
it feels like they've used the same like I know they change up some of the footage and stuff, but like they're using the same song. It felt like nice hearing it at first, but then like as it ended, I'm like, I wish they would kind of find like a new New York song or switch it up because it it was like fun at first, and then it was like ah, it kind of felt like it was the same thing they used just this last time in New York. But it, it does get me uh into the New York kind of vibe and going into the show. Like I feel like I'm in New York watching. I don't know, just the, the song makes you feel. Huh. Like I don't know. Huh. I don't know either. I'm 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 kind of torn on that because I'm like, okay, Jay Z's kind of New York song, yeah. and then you have New York, New York from you know the famous Sinatra. I don't know. I don't know how many other famous New York songs there are really out there that strictly, you know, they say New York or something like that. Uh, I, I like know. how they did it like separately, like for this New York. I'm like, we don't get that shit in like chattanooga tennessee or wherever they go you, you know like i kind of like that like when the pay-per-views come to like Ve- like aw when they come to vegas we get the whole like vegas themed and hear the the roulette table and hear the casino like the background music as they open the show i thought that was a cool opening for this new york show like it was kind of i want I, it'd be nice to see it no we're already two minutes in and or and i'm already asking for more g stuff from gpw and gcw but it would be kind of cool like the a preview like a video before a package heading into the event as like the show opens to kind of get you into the field and kind of give you a little preview of what you're about to see tonight i, I don't know like that's something that they don't do often like that gave us like a little heads up and preview of what was coming tonight and kind of put me in a better atmosphere going into the show i think i think with extra time and money they would probably do that more often for sure I'm wondering if that's, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. But because otherwise, whoever actually, what you're really trying to say is whoever does do those does an awesome fucking job and you wish and you could see more. more. Yes, there, there we go. go. There that's go. That sounds a lot better. Um, and before I forget, just announced in LA, August 11th, it's Jack Cartwheel versus Leon Slater. Ooh, wow. That's a, uh, that's a, I yeah. see. I had I had a conversation about this. LA, we not we don't rush versus Gringo Loco, bro. Don't tell me that. I know. Yeah. I was like, of course. Out of all the times, I want to see Leon Slater, and he's going to LA. So <laughs> <I'm coming laughs> Could you imagine Leon versus Leo? I was. See, that's why I was like, okay, Leon Slater. Like, told, like my wife's like, just go because she knows like I like Leon. I was like, oh, hey, of course. They announced Leo Rush. They announced just go. Uh, I'm just waiting go. for a. I'm waiting for a big match to go. Jordan and Vikingo got to get announced for that card, and I will. I'll buy tickets at that second, and then I'm going to that show. That's like the only matchup now. Because when they announced Leon, I'm like, "Ooh, Leon versus Vikingo would be nice," but I don't think Triple A would uh, trust Vikingo with Leon at this point in his career to get in the ring at this point. But uh, I've still got hopes for Jordan versus uh, Vikingo in LA, or or maybe some other kind of crazy match. LA is going to be kind of crazy. It's the last show before the homecoming, and I think there's going to be some cool shit there. But unfortunately, it's like the first week we go back to school, so uh, that's a rough one. I'd have to leave right from school and go. And I've done that once. I did that for Vikingos. You can do it. GCW, but I think I think you should because here's why: that night you're going to have a quiet night where you can just sleep and snore and just relax and you can wake up the next day and it's going to be quiet you can go home and it'll be nice and quiet ride home you'll get home everybody be happy to see you you got 12 hours to yourself it's a friday night and i get home saturday instead of sunday that does affect it like i kind of hate coming back home on a sunday because like oh shit we got to do the grocery shop and the laundry oh, and packing everything up yeah. and getting ready for school on monday like sunday is like our day to get ready for monday like it's not even right. a day off so usually when they have these saturday shows we usually come back on sunday and it is stressed out so that is uh one less thing i do have to be stressed out if i do leave on friday night and come back saturday i got all sunday still prepare and not be stressed saturday that's a uh, good 
and we have four people we have four people in our room so we kind of maxed out our space or i just tell you to fucking go into our room you know what i mean just going to our room kind of but our pull out couch is going to be taken by one boy and then the other our our son basically he loves he has a blow-up bed that we just blow up on the floor he loves it that big kid he loves that more than he loves the other because the bar he says there's a bar on the sleeper sofa if anybody ever Uh, been on one there's like they call it the death bar there's this bar in every sleeper sofa that goes right across the center in one spot hurts like hell so yeah so that's i mean we literally have the floor with someone on it kind of thing so um, yeah la is going to be good like i i it just might be the like because of the one i i'm trying to think the one la show i did not go to this year the only one end up being los macizos and east west express like my right. top four in gcw boom in one match I'm like no so i do have a little bit of the fear but uh it, oh well, it is what it is. It's just not meant to be, I think, at this point. Or I could make it be, but I need a, I need a little bit more there. You need a little bit more from the card, is what you're thinking? I just want to see like a special. For me to like go right from work and do this, like it's got to be like some like Vikingo. That was it. They did because I did that because I didn't think I'd see Vikingo again. Like right. that because it was like it was the last day of our school before going into winter vacation. Like I'd literally just. Right from school, got air in my tires, got gas, and drove to LA. Walked in as the scramble just started, and uh, stood in GA and just got to see the cool. Like that was a really good event too, and got to see the debut of Vikingo. So like that made me yeah. was Vikingo. Like I don't know, nothing at this point is kind of screaming. Leo versus Gringo is going to be crazy though too. Like that's going to be a great match. I can't wait to see that one. But I'll, I'll wait a little bit longer just in case. I think I'm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just I had to ask you just because um, I also just want to. Normally we don't announce matches on here, but I'm a little extra excited because you know the one in LA. I've I have my alerts off. LA. So you have the like I don't even know what's been announced because I've had the alerts off uh, as of this morning just because I didn't want to get any spoilers on the show today. <laughs> okay, so then you don't want any, right? No, not, not, not spoilers on today, but like if it's a mouth match and like a future match announcement, yeah, good. Okay, so the first thing I will tell you, just for the heck of it, uh, second row ringside, there are still seats for this show if you wanted to see how close you could get. There's also second row on the stage still available. Literally one. That's one thing, on the too. Stage. I was going to tell Brett, like, dude, if it sells out and, like, I get to, like, and I can't get a ticket, like, can I just pay you a hundred bucks and let me just stand on the stage? Like, I don't even care at this point. Right, like, right. But, Security. You could be like, can I just be right? secure? work. Let me just show up and work. Right. So uh yeah that's that's crazy i just want to kind of let you know that portion of it real quick okay now back over to where i was let's see here okay oh and i lost it just kidding are you talking about the dream scramble announced for homecoming well i was going to tell you the whole rundown for okay here we go LA was Cartwheel versus Slater, Nick Gage versus Johnny Game Changer, Leo Rush versus Gringo Loco, Janelle and Sawyer versus the Rejects, which look at that Janelle and Sawyer team, huh? Yep. Uh, Masha Slamovich will be there, Maki Ito, Bussy. So Maki's going to be her own entity. That, that means she's going to be paired against somebody. I wonder if it's Masha. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I just, here's the thing though. <laughs> the one thing that makes me excited is this is a setup show to that's their, why i know it's going to be wrestlemania yeah that's kind of why like i'm like june kasai is going to fucking show up and i'm gonna be so pissed that i'm not there 
I don't know, man. Uh, there was there was a couple surprise announcements from Game Changer, I think, for uh, or there was a uh, a surprise announcement made for Homecoming. I just can't remember who it was off the top of my head. Dragon, damn King. it! Oh, did you see this? Uh, yes, that was the one that you were talking about. Um, Vikingo versus Loco versus Commander versus Alex Zane versus Ninja Mac versus RS. And I, I just this last episode, I think I said like, hey, like they're not going to put Vikingo in a scramble. Like he's like out that. Like we were talking about, like, new, <laughs> we were talking about like seeing these new faces, how they usually come up with the scramble. Like I remember specifically saying last time, like yeah, like Vikingo's like the one name that like not going to be in a scramble because he's got a big enough name. And oh, okay, let's put him in a scramble, and that's going to be that has to be the best scramble ever. Like, they call I don't it the All Star. That has to be the best scramble I've yeah. ever I've ever seen on a lineup. I can't find. There's no weaknesses. Wow. Um, yeah. See, I'm I'm expecting Cardona to show up in LA unannounced. Why the fuck oh, yeah. wouldn't he? It's the setup for Homecoming. For sure. Like I said, maybe we're fucking up some things here. I'm hoping not. <laughs> but I'm just I'm common sensing. I don't know anything. Just common sense. Cardona's a thorn in his side. He's been at every show so far to fuck up somehow, you know, something. And so I'm thinking and assuming that once they're back in the States, this is, I think, the first or second show back from Japan. This is our only real second show to set up what's left right before homecoming. So any loose ends right before homecoming need to be tied at the LA show. And that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying is, is I'm already expecting a Sunday. Those are my sprinkles. Yeah. yeah, That's good. There's <laughs> going to be some, I think some uh, lead up heading into homecoming. It just seems natural there, especially in LA. Like what better, better place to set it up too. Oh man. You know, something I didn't think of, but something that may very well happen is if people decide to throw drinks that down in the front where we are, we're just going to get smacked with drinks. But at the stage level where you're at, you're going to get some fantastic video. <laughs> right? Serious, you will. That I mean, you know. The last time that happened, we just ended up getting out before we get hit with a bucket of beer that's fully loaded with ice in there. <laughs> and the beer's still in it. Well, um, what do you say? We start, we start uh, talking a little bit about the show. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of pre-show remarks on the Melrose Ballroom and uh, other stuff, too. So, yeah, I will let you uh, spread your knowledge and uh, take a back seat right now. Sweet. All right. So I have some information I'd like to share about the Melrose, uh, the Melrose Ballroom. This is kind of um, to help people who have never been there to kind of give them a little bit more of a visual of this place. So the Melrose Ballroom... 5,000 square feet. They have a 30 foot by 15 foot video wall with 72 40 inch LCD screens. They have two bars. It holds about 800 standing and 450 seated. Now, if anybody watched the show, they noticed there was an upper area there, like an upper deck. That's called the mezzanine, 2,200 square feet. It has its own dedicated bar and it has two green rooms with bathrooms and showers. It holds an additional standing 300 or seated 150. I've, if you ask me, I think one of those green rooms would be a great uh, locker room, wouldn't it? Yeah. Get dedicated probably. bathroom and shower? Yeah, that's probably what it is probably being used for. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a green room. So chances are it's either VIP or it's going to be used for something like that. But, you know, I don't, I don't know the walk from the green room to, you know, to downstairs to the stage, you know. 
it's hard to hide Nick Gage if he's walking out of <laughs> the green room and then has to go downstairs and, you know. <clears throat> so uh, something kind of cool here. They also have a rooftop lounge and deck that I think would be awesome for after parties. I don't know the situation with after parties there, but what a cool place if you could just go out under the stars there and have a couple drinks, chill with somebody, you know, talk a little wrestling, have some fun. Um, also, I wanted to mention we are in New York State. The uh, They're a little strict in New York State, so even the ring bell had to get a drug test. Just wanted to let everyone know that the ring bell obviously passed. You could hear it at the show, but it was not allowed to ring past 11 p.m. So just letting everybody <laughs> know that. Um, but yeah, the ring bell was out there in full force. It was nice to hear it. And yeah, it was not under the influence at all. All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about stardom because we have a stardom performer in the main event. So a little bit about stardom. It is a smaller company. And um, how much smaller? I'll tell you this much than say like NJPW. The 10th largest stardom attendance was around 1900. The fifth largest they've ever had was around 3300. And their number one highest attended of all times around 7100. So it's not a large company. Also, it's owned by a parent company that also owns NJPW. So NJPW and Stardom are kind of sister companies. Their first event was in January 23 of 2011. Months later, Stardom held an event on July 24th. This was their first event at Currican Hall. At that event, if anybody's ever been on YouTube, there was a nine-year-old girl named Haruka. She debuted on the first ever show there, and she faced a DDT pro wrestling star named Kenny Omega. This was that match that's famously online all over YouTube. This is stardom, and this was at that hall. So then I kind of wanted to share a, another story that really didn't get headlines over here in America, and this is well before she was famous, but... Io Shirai, she was also at that show and had what's considered a breakout performance. She used to wrestle with her sister named Mio Shirai, and there was another girl named Kana that was not related. They were in a group called the Triple Tails, and they were pretty famous over in Japan. So in May of 2012, Io was part of this small incident, we'll say. She was returning to Japan from Mexico and was stopped by Japanese customs for having a painting that had 75 grams of marijuana inside it. She denied the charges, saying that the painting was a gift. She was released about two weeks later on June 12th. A little over a week later, June 21st, she held a press conference apologizing for everything and denied that that weed was hers. June 28th, Japanese prosecutors decide to not prosecute. So she's off the hook after that. Fast forward about 10 days later or so to July 9th, a Japanese Mexican wrestler named Takuya Sugi admitted to planting the drugs on Shirai in a press conference. He was promised a contract extension at AAA if he could smuggle it in. And that's the way he chose to do it, was to put it inside a gift to Io Shirai and hope like hell it went across country lines. So I just hope that I shared a little something there that um, people really didn't know and was a little interesting. 
So I'll share one last thing, and this is very uh, YouTube related also. Some may have seen it, some may haven't. Yoshiko, not Yoshihiko the doll, but Yoshiko. <laughs> Yoshi, like the name Yoshi from Mario Brothers, KL. Yoshiko. If you just put in that word and put in the word versus, chances are you're going to see the next name, act Yasukawa. Now, you can just put in the word act like an acting career, A-C-T. So Yoshiko versus act. And you're going to see a brutal shoot fight that happened that was not supposed to go down in the ring. It was supposed to be a wrestling match, turned into a legit shoot fight. So the one the one lady you're going to see there was named Yoshiko. She basically didn't think that ACT was good enough to fight that night. She refused to sign the contract until pretty much the last moment. Um, she then went to the ring with that attitude, and once the match starts, you can see that her and ACT get into basically a real fight. There was no fuck around. There was no extra time. There was no stand there and stare at each other. It just pretty much went straight to each other's faces, and that's how it started. In the end, ACT had a fractured cheek, nasal, and orbital bone. Two months earlier, she had just undergone cataract surgery. She could have lost her eyesight permanently. If you watch this mask, you can see her face is fucked up up and i use the word fuck a lot her face is fucked up in this one uh yoshiko was banned permanently from stardom and i believe she was either banned overall or permanently just retired i really hope because somebody like that is not obviously following protocol for a professional performer so i just want to kind of share those two little tidbits of what's went down at stardom and also some things that have went down in these famous halls that Americans may be a little more familiar with, and I'm hoping now we connect the dots with, uh, you know, what we're watching today with a little bit of history. So what do you think there, B? A little interesting stuff, huh? Yeah, I went back and uh, when you were telling me about the Yoshiko, I was thinking at first it was the doll, and then uh, you were like, no, that's like a real person. I thought you were like just telling a funny story of uh, kind of what <laughs> happened to the Yoshiko based off what happened kind of her and Speedball this, uh, this night. But yeah, going back and watching it, as you said, it was it was brutal. Like her face was messed up. <laughs> they were just like straight punching each other. And I I didn't listen to it, but uh, just watching it was, yeah, it was it was pretty brutal to see like something like that happen in a ring. <laughs> yeah, there was um, there was a spot I did I mentioned with you, but I didn't mention with the people listening. Um, you can see a point where Axe just gets screwed up bad, and she is on the outside of the ring on the ground sitting and you could see a ton of people surrounding her checking out her face and check out and you see this lady's trainer start to get into the ring and as her trainer gets into the ring you can see the wrestler get up act and she tries to get back in the ring. and you can see her real feeling she's yelling at that lady and she's yelling at her with like she can't she knows she can't fight her and beat her but she wants to yell and scream and this lady's like you can hear her ripping at her voice her voice is distorting trying to yell at this lady and you see the wrestler finally gets down after the trainer's holding her and the trainer gets in the ring runs across the ring and grabs a hold of this lady by her hair and starts ripping at her hair so there was real emotions that went down not only that this was the main event of their pay-per-view and it shut down the fucking show they called the shit early it was over so this is all history it's beautiful Oh, wow. 
That was yeah, it was it was uh it was pretty brutal so watching her getting just the shit beat out of her. <laughs> I I felt really bad for her and it just made me hate the other lady. Like she she pulled some real heel shit. <laughs> yeah. She, she had me sold. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, pretty brutal. What do you say? Uh, time to really roll into it now? Yes, we can roll into oh, and I just see that kind of what I was saying beforehand is in your notes. I didn't see that at the beginning. <laughs> At the beginning about the opening video package. What's that? The... I didn't see the opening video package was in your notes when I went uh, when I said it earlier. I was like, let me look through it. Nope, I don't see it. And I said, it. no, no, no. Um, you know what? I, it was just same wavelength, of course. And what it is is we see the same things because we're we're, we're basically tearing into the same thing. So you know <laughs> what I mean? I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I have opening video package focusing a lot on uh, the footage from previous New York shows. We roll in then and we get a first glimpse of tonight's live event. There is this beautiful TV wall that I described earlier that shows a beautiful GCW in the background. We need the screen or something like it at the terminal immediately or something for the home territory, maybe even something for L.A., but maybe it's time for us to get a little something that has our name in the background. So when we have pictures on hard cam or people are taking these heroic shots of whatever in the background, it says GCW. You know, it's not just like a gymnasium, or not a gymnasium, but like it's not a hall in the background or, you know, a small whatever. It, it's us in the background. Opening up, we also have a real sh uh, tight shot of the ring from above. I like to call it the indie cam. That's the only way I'll put it. It's not one that I really like. Uh, that doesn't make it bad. That just makes it my opinion. Emil is then in the ring. The four competitors are ready and waiting to begin. Then Charles Mason's music hits. Out comes Mason and Pero. And I knew from right there at that point that whatever was supposed to be going down in that first match was probably not going to be going down as planned. That was that was what I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, so the four people in the ring to start off the show with MLJ was Alec Price, Braden Toon, Cole Radrick, and Marcus Mathers. And I uh, once I saw Charles Basin and Perro come out, I was like, oh, okay, here's the puckery. But I did like to see a couple little teases in this match between uh, Mason and Alec Price, which I kind of enjoyed. Uh, I think those are that would be a good either team or uh, opponents against each other, and uh, they did have a little bit of interactions uh, throughout this matchup as well. And one name I was surprised to see, Braden too. Uh, that was kind of the shock to see. I know, like you have your note there, like yes. I, I thought the same thing. I, I was like, wow, they really brought him over here. That's cool. Like that, we kind of said like we wanted to see more of him, but I don't think we said bring him to New York. And that was a nice surprise. <laughs> right. Like, no, really, right. you can see Alec Price right now. You bring him to L.A., Leon Slater, bring him to the States. Like, Brandon, too, is like, we want to see more of them next time they're in New South. Like, is what I was expecting, right, not right. next week in New York. So it was pretty cool to see him. And I think this was a better version. We got to see him go show off a little bit more tonight than we did uh, during New South shows, I believe. Well, it was like, okay, we like this girl. We really like this girl. We're going to make her our girlfriend. We didn't know dad was going to bring her on vacation with us. You know what I mean? That's kind yeah. of a, on the big stage in New York nonetheless. But uh, I'll take it. I think that Braden did his fucking job, and he really did it well. He's a new South talent that we just talked about from the last few shows. And, again, he's not disappointing. Really looking forward to what he may do in GCW. I 
don't think it's the last time he's seeing either. Do you? Um, no, I think he's going to be showing a little bit more uh, often. And like, I'm, I'm all for it. He, he showed out in this night more so, like I said, than I previously saw. And I was very much happy to see him uh, go off like that. And, you know, kudos to the booking, or maybe it's just how I've seen it because I see things stupid sometimes. But the way it was booked, Mason kind of felt like a surprise entrant. Like, here comes that asshole and he's screwing up the plans we wanted to watch a happy haha everybody wins scramble and here comes that asshole and he has his muscle with him shit that's i mean that's what i'm thinking uh yeah peril in this match was the muscle outside the ring he was interfering when possible he was beating up and gate keeping mason's opponents because of this mason was in control for most of the match I mean, you you pretty much it was like just a wrecking ball. Yeah, he dominated. And I'm I like it. It shows like how devastating he could be, especially with Perro at his side. And Perro did a great job ringside of just like, oh, you're walking over to Charles. Nope, you gotta get to me first, or like push the kind of bullying the wrestlers back in the ring to Mason. Like it was a perfect setup, and as you said, a perfect kind of story heading into this match and throughout and told throughout this entire match. I thought. Well, yeah, it's just. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because, yeah, that's our bear. I don't have <laughs> I, I put it that way before, and then he put it online. But, yeah, that's our bear. I love that dude. We asked for him for the longest time. We wanted him to be booked properly. We were looking for a hoss. He filled every one of those slots, and I think he's done it very well. He makes a great asshole. I don't know if I believe it because I bet you deep down if I look on Twitter, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> but we'll keep that, you know, between – us and Twitter in the public. Um, <laughs> the match did feel chaotic at times because of Pero. I say this in a good way. It was a different flavor of drama. It was not the average scramble because they don't usually have a man with a wrecking ball attached to him. And Pero was just wrecking everyone. So I want to give it up to, you know, new stories, new things. I really appreciated it. And I hope more of that happens again, for sure. I mean, uh, okay, I'm not trying to stretch because, like I said, I think we counted, what, 500-plus matches we've reviewed over the past year easily? Yeah, something like that. Minimum 500. I think we were like 550 to 600. Uh, I remember a scramble where we had these kind of conditions, and I like fresh conditions. Yeah, it, it, as you said, it felt like a different kind of scramble with that the fifth competitor in there, and they kind of owned it the entire time like in the ring like hey, okay i'm done with you you're out next victim you're out let's go next one it just was a steady pace of different bodies for mason to attack i loved it i loved it um there were several attempts like you were saying from everyone they were having a real hard time stopping mason in peril alec was the first one to really kind of break up the party that was going on ratty had several spots in the flurry of a match i could not name them in time so i gave up I will complain. I didn't see Marcus Mathers as much as I wanted to really at all. If anybody watches this match, if you're a Marcus Mathers fan, this is not the one to watch. It's nice to just see his face, but he, he needs more spotlight. Dude is good. And I think he's only going to get better. That's my opinion. Do you want to say anything about him or anything before I kind of? No, I'll say before, like, uh, the him tag teaming with um, Dylan McKay is kind of getting them back into the spotlight and get him like a sense of purpose. Like I think in instead of just being thrown in these scrambles and random one-on-one matches, uh, it's been giving him like a purpose and kind of a story with him and uh, 
Dylan's kind of chasing after the tag. I kind of am liking seeing that because it kind of did feel like for a while, he, like he was hot for a year, like as the hot big thing, and then dropped off all of a sudden. It kind of just seemed like he was swimming in the waters with no sense of direction. And now teaming with Dylan McKay and Wasted Youth, there seems to be more of that. And I still like he's still good enough as a singles competitor to show off what he can do in a singles match or in this case, a scramble match. I wouldn't be surprised at some point that Wasted Youth gets matching shit, repackages, goes to Japan just like East West works on their uh, tag team wrestling, comes back complete. Not not saying that's how, how you know a cake is made, but I'm saying that's how some of the ingredients are put together. And in this scenario, straight from the mouth of Oliver, the most that East West grew was when they were on their last Japan run and the wrestlers over there were just absolutely professional and wonderful and sat down and said, no, you need to do this or you need to do this or help them with their timing. Not only that, if you pay attention, one of the performers of East West can be off and you will see the other comfortably adjust. If somebody's about to do that clout cutter one half step off, the other knows it and adjusts. It's, it's, it's awesome. That's something you just can't learn uh, easily, if at all. So I think if um, Mathers and McKay had the tag team ability that East West has right now, they're only a small storyline away from being much larger than what they are now. As big as East West, I don't know, but much larger than they are today. And I'm looking forward to it. I like them both. Yeah, I think that's when East West really clicked too. When we said in Japan, that was the first time we saw the matching gear. I was out there. And then when they came back, as you said, they were on the same page. Uh, they had like that match with Los Macisos where I said like they did three sets of moves, diving out of the ring, in the ring, and like they were so in sync. And I think I even made a comment just like how you did was you could tell when, hey, Jordan hit the rope a little bit early. Nick hit it and then had to jump faster and then, like to re-catch up with Jordan. Like they did a great job of whatever one was like slacking off like half a millisecond or in the wrong spot by half a meter. They fill each other's spot and like end up in it all perfect. And I don't think they're going to, I don't think wasted youth. I mean, it could be done obviously, but I, no one's going to click and have the be in sync as much as, and as quick as Jordan and Nick did. And I, that's why I think they, they're just a step above wasted youth just because they clicked that much faster where wasted youth been the team for, I don't know, at least I would say 20 matches. And like, we start just now starting to see them kind of gelling and hitting it, which is fine. They're all going to hit it. The teams are going to gel at different points, but they're just now hitting the spot, as you said, where maybe a trip to Japan or a nice little uh, excursion somewhere could kind of uh, get different eyes and opinions on them so they can get their tag team together, as East West Express did, and come back a better unit. Um, If they tighten up that unit that they have right now, they have a job in wrestling for a very long time. Like I said, Wasted Youth, that name might not stick, you know, it might be a situation like Nate Webb, where you're like singing about being a teenage dirtbag and you're 53. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to repackage. I mean, there is the nature boy, but the nature boy breaks all the rules, baby. So that's one of those ones that it's going to be real hard to, uh, you know, but 
Okay, so we'll get back to this because I'm, I I went, ooh, butterfly, and just started going. Uh, yeah, in here, Toon, I put that he was showing off a lot of his impressive flipping ability in the match. There were several front, front flips that were just fantastic, but there was this beautiful backflip that was onto Pero that pretty much helped knock Pero out of this match that... You know, Toon came in handy when Toon needed to. Uh, our ending here in this one, though, Mason basically tapped out Marcus Mathers with an awesome chokehold, and it went according to Mason's plan. I don't know where this is going just yet. I do see what you were talking about with Alec Price. Was he just out here to be a dick to further his character, or do you think he's hunting for a new victim? Like, Talk to me about where you think, because it's really open to interpretation right now. Where do you think he's going, if anywhere? I think that this was just to establish him as a kind of more of a menace and a asshole, no matter who's what's going on or what the show is. Like, he's just, oh, it's a scramble. I want to join. And boom, I got peril. What are you going to do about it? And do everything in the ring that he did. And, like, I think it was perfect timing. They did it, too, because of, like, I think Joey um sawyer wreck and some other wrestlers that he's kind of involved with in the storyline now were out and not in new york so it's kind of right perfect heel timing to come in and attack everyone when no one's gonna there's gonna be no comeuppance and no repercussions for his actions but i think that with the mason like in mason and price i kind of liked it because price did all his moves to get mathers in that situation and hit the surprise kick on mason then was covering for the three and that's when mason rolled uh price out and then uh price was being held outside by para when it should have been price's victory and mason just picked up the nice easy cheap cheap victory i, I wouldn't mind hopefully that turning in like that getting underneath alex skin and alex kind of uh starting a little story with uh mason but it seems like mason still got stuff with uh joey now and sawyer so i don't know what uh yeah he's been pissing in know. a lot of people's backyards yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's going to be fun when they all uh, get their chance to piss all over him in the ring and make him look like a bad guy. But he's also going to make it look so good. Like, he's so good in his role. I was I was nice to see this, too, especially in New York, because he's been doing a lot of stuff in New York outside of GCW with Hog. So um, this was a, kind of a perfect way to elevate his character, I think, in GCW's fans' eyes. So... Yeah, I, I don't know where this is going right now, and I'm curious to see where it is. I really thought they were going to pull a couple people aside or Alec Price aside. They did, but it wasn't who I was expecting. So Perro and Mason basically clear the ring of all competitors after the match, and then they grabbed a hold of Toon and Mathers, and they just started choking him with Perro's chain. So... They did choose Toon and Mathers. Now, Toon, it's way too early to put him into something with someone major. But Mathers, it kind of is. I think they picked the two non-GCW regulars, is my opinion. Like, Mathers is kind of a regular, but not as much as Cole and Alec Price nowadays. So I think he just chose the two, quote-unquote, easiest victims. That's how I viewed that whole thing afterwards is. When, uh, I kind of think the same thing. Like, why did he do those two? But in my mind, I'm like, oh, he went for the non-regulars to kind of be an easy easy fix, an easy way to get uh... So, yeah, I, um, I think you're right there. Uh, here's why I asked. They did choose two non-GCW regulars to a degree. That There could have been a story started right there. They could have choked Alec out right there and really started something. And every time... <laughs> Mason is so good every time he's in the ring, we're expecting a story. Is that kind of nice? 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's so his job it, as the heel. Like that's what we said. It's you got it in these stories. You got to have a dastardly heel, and right now he's right up there with him and Cardona. And Blake kind of he's the top three heels in GCW, in my opinion. And he's doing an excellent job at it. And I, I was kind of thinking later on during the tag match, if I was wondering if he was going to get involved to kind of quote unquote take sides on House of Glory and kind of choose to be on the House of Glory side against GCW later on in the night. It's kind of where I was kind of looking forward to that. Well, if people don't listen regularly, we did talk about the fact that there are a lot of HOG sleepers in GCW. So we have to kind of watch out for some fuckery (laughs) and it's possible. It's very possible, you know? So who knows? They could be like, you know, GCW is known for their scrambles. Let's fuck them up. Yeah, like it come in and interrupt stuff. That's why I was thinking it was kind of like an invasion, or it could have been like a sort of invasion. The way Mason just inserted him in that match. What's to say he won't show up later to help out another House of Glory team? Well, mean mean booking would have him in every scramble going forward and pulling that crap just to show that he can do it. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> But that was a good way to open up GCW's now forever with the scramble and Charles Mason with the victory. And uh, yes, that will lead us into our second match, which was, I'm surprised it was second. I thought this was going to be a little bit closer towards the main with all the stories going into it and all the fun stuff. But it is the tag match of Matt Cardona and Steph Delander, the death match royalty, going against Team Bussy. Ali catch and Effie. I'm loving everything Cardona's doing. Like Cardona to me right now is can't miss in GCW. And I loved how they came out. I loved the, the, the <laughs> tattoos, the outfit, the entrance. I loved everything about it. I don't want to spoil it because I know you, you got good notes on it, but uh I loved everything Cardona and Steph did heading into this match. And uh yeah, I'll let you take it from there. All right, so the lights go down. We hear the the bong. Undertaker's music hits. I looked at my wife and I'm like, no way, that's the damn Undertaker. And she's like, who is this? I'm like, I have no idea. And then it kind of clicked on me. There's only one person that would pull stuff like this, and that's Cardona. So there it was. So Steph Delander comes out as Paul Bearer. And Cardona then comes out as the Undertaker. (laughs) The camera zoomed in. He has Steph tattooed across his neck like Undertaker had his wife across his. So Cardona circles the ring for just a short amount of time. He's getting all the middle finger love. Steph is behind him talking shit the whole way. He gets down on one knee and he hits the famous Undertaker pose with his hand in the air towards the urn. It it was all done really well. So Emil then goes and he starts the intro and Matt takes the mic. He goes on it just out of nowhere. <laughs> Fuck blue cane. And everyone, you know, erupted laughing because it's a total internet indie nerd thing. So yeah, uh, he got, uh, he said he's the internet champion. He got Kane suspended from Twitter. He's the rider taker and this is his yard. He's the locker room leader, and he says no one respects him. He also says he's the indie god and the real deathmatch king. SDL goes to talk, and Bussy's music, music hits. Uh, Delander kind of seems surprised, and um, 
if you watch, it's actually kind of funny. It was like she was going to say something and like, okay, fuck it. Bussy comes out absolutely excited, just feeling great. They hit their entrances. They get into the ring hot and the match starts. So there's only a couple spots that I'm going to mention here. There was a spot where Allie and Delander are fighting it out and Allie kind of acts like she likes her and Matt and Effie had to separate them. There was another spot where Cardona and Steph Delander was kissing Effie on all sides of the ring. It was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, their little, their little love thing. Um, it was fun to watch Cardona though. I wanted to kind of mention outside of the looks, cause he was wrestling in those purple leather gloves. He was going old school undertaker. Matt was also wrestling undertaker style and Cardona. We do see it and we do appreciate it. He did such a damn good job in this match all the way down to slowing down the pace a little bit. His entrance. So Even his thought- entrance, he was walking super slow, like the undertaker. <laughs> And did you notice, though, even in the match, it was just slowed down just a uh-huh. touch in certain spots because he was doing all kinds of different Undertaker things. I'm like, damn, man, he did his homework on that. I was impressed. That's why I've been loving Cardona because he does all these cool little callbacks or throw-ins and rewards the fans. He throws in a lot of Easter eggs for if you're paying attention to wrestling and what's going on, he's going to make sure the, to reward us fans with all the blue cane talk dressing as the Undertaker after his last video of it. Being in the in the graveyard burying uh, Zack Ryder, and I thought that was interesting that they said Zack uh, Ryder Taker. Because I was like, wait a minute, I thought you buried like you buried him. Like, very like, good. Oh, okay, yes. I get it. You're burying him, and now you revived the Ryder Taker, the undead, and blah blah blah. I I took me a minute to catch that, and I got it. I loved it, and he did a video too. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I know this is like kind of skipping the oh, yeah yeah about kind of the leading into homecoming kind of talking about homecoming but they talked about how melrose ballroom he had a lot of history with effie and the internet championship there i love that shit because that's the stuff like i pay attention to all those little things like and this is match that's the first thought thing i thought of i'm like wait cardona like lost the belt to effie here because i remember the whole call up to the mezzanine area and brett and all this stuff so this is why i've been loving all the stuff cardona's doing and it's just to me it's hitting because it's like making fun of wrestling but using the gcw platform to make fun of sports entertainment <laughs> and i just enjoy everything he's been doing him and steph too uh let's see here what else should i mention about this match there was a part where there was a part where like ali rallied and she was basically burying both cardona and Delander at the same time she was basically handling business all on her own until and- effie was available again and I want to see more of that alley catch. That's the alley catch that I've been talking about wanting to see a lot more of just being the destructive badass, not having to quote unquote be in a team with Effie or rely on Team Bussy to help her. She stood out in that moment. We've been saying we want her to stand out on her own, stand out on her own. When she was going to the, doing the cannonballs and the the uh, sentons and all those stuff on like for that two minute span, she was killing them both. I loved it. That's the badass alley catch I want to see at all times. Right. I mean, there's no other way to put that. I'm a hundred percent behind you on that one. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing at the point where Cardona was attempting to pull off a choke <laughs> slam. So I'll kind of go to the ending here because, again, it's a lot of entertainment. It's hard to really just call out. You know, it's like trying to tell all the jokes that you saw on, you know, whatever comedian. It's just and he said it like this. No, I can't say it as funny as he did. I can't call this match. They, it was art. Uh, Steph Delander threw powder from the urn 
and Effie goes down. Cardona then grabs the urn and he goes to hit um, Allie and accidentally knocks out Steph Delander. Cardona then rolls up Allie for the win. So our winner here was Cardona and Steph Delander. Uh, but at the end here, basically they just run up the ring and exit and like they're just cowards and that was the way they kind of booked it normally we see cardona for a little extra time or maybe even enough time to threaten the maki death kill group before before it's time but yeah it was just a quicker entrance and exit from cardona uh more than the usual one and it kind of sucks because i like him taking up my time like he sucks the air out of that's where his character yeah, he does a lot of character work during those entrance before and after matches. We said like the one thing we were talking about too, like he maximizes his camera time for he's gonna milk every little second out there to get it as over as possible. And that was pretty uh it's been fun watching Cardona. I I loved it. I'm glad they got the win too, because uh I was thinking, oh no, if he's gonna beat Cardona again in New York and uh get the victory, but I would like the I like the quick victory. But it's funny how he rolled up and like ran away and he's like, Oh shit, where's Steph at? Like it just goes into his like asshole, like, oh, you totally like left your manager, your your partner, and <laughs> just totally out there yep. and hit her and like, nope, I'm gonna celebrate the victory. And then he's like, Oh shit, Steph, where you at? Get up here. <laughs> Another thing that I love that was totally New York style was that they had someone in the ring with a push broom that was sweeping all the stuff that was in the ring that, you know, that was dirtying it up. And um, the fans the whole time were uh, like, sweep it up, asshole, sweep it up. <laughs> I've never heard that before. And I thought that was worth mentioning. It was just too fucking funny. Yeah, th- this was a great match. I'm, I, I still like whenever Effie and Cardona get involved and do interactions. Like, I think those two are like, so good on camera together. I, I enjoy everything they've been doing. That will lead us into our third matchup, which was one I was really, really, really looking forward to, and probably everyone else was too. The triple threat match between Gringo, Loco, Arez, and Commander. Wow. This was good, man. This was this this Gringo is can't miss. And like I'm glad that three these three are gonna be in that scramble and are in New York or not New York, New Jersey for homecoming. This this was a great way to kind of uh give us a little tease and a little appetizer of what to expect. I wish this match would have gone on longer. I felt like it was way short and I think you could have cut some time off some other <laughs> somewhere else in the card to give these three a little bit more time to showcase, but uh to kind of tease the the all-star scramble in homecoming weekend, I thought these three did a great job and I Arez is Still can't miss to me. Arez is just incredible. Dude, that guy's fantastic. We'll, we'll talk about him in a second. So Gringo came out to chance of his own name. New York freaking loves Gringo. Uh, Arez came out carrying his AAA tag team belt that he shares with Commander. Did they that, ever mention like their team name? Like what their team name is? Is it Strange by I, Command? <laughs> That'd I be don't, so cool if it was. I don't know if they mentioned it or not. I do know that they mentioned the the titles being there. Um, Outside of that, we'll talk about it further, but there really wasn't much storyline-wise. Commander then came out in an awesome, like, Mother Mary poncho type thing. I don't know what to call it. I'm so sorry, and I know there's a name for it. He was, again, also carrying his belt. He threw the poncho thing to the crowd. It's an awesome keepsake for someone. So... 
we get into the ring. All three men are showing respect. The bell finally rings and the speed begins. We have Lucha, Lucha, Lucha chants over and over from the crowd in the first 30 seconds. After about a three-minute volley, all three men pause to pose and the crowd shows their appreciation. Anybody that knows what I'm talking about knows what I'm talking about. But after that moment that they pose, it's like all the good feelings died off and all three men are fighting to win. So that's when the match got a little bit more serious. The spots were crazy. I could not write them all down. I could put this much that was worth it. Ares was fighting hard and tough. Again, I couldn't put everything he did. I was laughing at the fact that the fans were yelling flippy shit when Commander went to the top rope. He ended up going up there, hit a huge acai moonsault on Gringo and Ares. Just beautiful looking but going to the finish here because this is another one where please go see this if you watch gcw this is probably one of the reasons why you watch them so go check this out gringo hit an avalanche base bomb on Ares for the win so our winner here gringo loco what's up i still love it when <laughs> gringo does that like uh i don't even know how do you call it but he's like on the top rope but facing like the opposite facing out of the room. yeah yeah, and like does like the pop up, and then turns it into a destroyer. Uh, that he's hit that so clean now. He's learned how to hit that, and like he did a swanton too a couple of weeks ago. I love like he's just constantly improving somehow, some way still too, which is crazy to say about Gringo Loco because he's already on top of the game with the luchas and him working with Commander and Res was perfect. Like I didn't, I never knew Commander and Rez, uh, not uh, Commander and Res were the tag champs in AAA until. Uh, this show, like I was like stunned, and I couldn't even catch. Like, wait, they are the tag team? They're going after you? Right? Like, I was shocked, but um, yeah, this was good. This was like I just said, another one of those Lucha matches. It's kind of hard to go over spot by spot. It's just one of like Vikingo match. Go out of your way, check it out. Um, my one thing though, I just wish it was given a little bit more time to uh, kind of showcase a little bit more talent. But oh, I can't wait till for homecoming. I'll get. I failed during homecoming weekend, that's for sure. You just want to see it brief. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Those three, but then now you add in Ninja Mac, uh, Vikingo, and Alex Zane. Like, forget about it. That's going to be insane. That'll be a very, very busy match. That's about the only way you can really put that. Yeah, but this was a great match. And like I said, it was good. I just, but it ended up like, no, I want more. Like, I want more, more, more. I wonder how much money is going to shower in the ring at that homecoming show. That oh scramble is just, <laughs> man. Okay, anyway, sorry. Breeze pockets, that's for sure. I've, exactly. I've seen that. <laughs> Check Vikingo's hat, too. They like to put it in there and then <laughs> runs off with his hat. I'm like, that motherfucker has your money. I'm going to have to watch who it is. It's never I perch. forgot who was, you know that. was that last time. Was it Galt? That little bastard Galt did it, didn't he? Actually, I think <laughs> I love him. Was. I was, I was going to say Galt, but I was like, well, maybe it was Chad Rico. No, oh, you know what? It could be that son of a bitch steals everything. <laughs> no, I have no idea. You couldn't pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> I called no, I can't. But I, I called Galt a bastard. He's totally the opposite of that. But you know, not if you ask uh, Nick Gage. See, Nick Gage. Yeah, he doesn't like his refs too often. <laughs> All right, that will lead us to fourth matchup of the evening, one you were, I'm going to assume, very much looking forward to. So I'll <laughs> let you go off on this one, as it is Mance Warner going against George South. 
All righty. So Mansur was out first. We had a fantastic sing-along. Everybody in the crowd is singing Simple Man. But uh, it is the remix. I don't know who the remix is by. Uh, uh, who knows? I have it. I actually have it, too. On there, I'm glad. I was glad. I was so happy to hear Simple Man. You don't. I don't hear that often. It's always SGC's music and Simple Man. Right? I always just sing my it's kept, that and Effie song. I always just catch myself just singing it like throughout the rest of the night. I see it once and it's stuck in my head all night long. Elton John has magic to him, man. That's all I can really say about that. And then, yeah, Effie had a great choice as Rocket Man. So yeah, okay. So the New York GCW crowd versus the man George South. He's a 41 year veteran, and I was totally anticipating a fun exchange with the fans okay so i love all the little micro things if you really watch george has this awesome look in the eye when you see him looking around the place and just taking it all in if you really i mean really like i go watch for the look at george south for one minute not be an asshole and just be a true like a man who's seeing a goal being hit, you know what I mean? He's towards the end of his career and, and you can just see it in his eyes and I could see it clear as day. And I'm pretty good with seeing stuff, you know, um, you could just see it. And it really, it, he lit up and I understood it and it really made me happy. So, uh, yeah, but he was taking it all in. He was making his New York city debut, according to commentary. So he gets in the ring. He asks for a mic. He says it's been 30 years since he wrestled at the Nassau Coliseum, which <laughs> is definitely not. Yeah, he was being a dick and it was great. Uh, he said the fans stink, which I thought was funny. He said their women are the ugliest he's ever seen, which really got uh, a reaction out of the crowd. We had fuck you grandpa chants that I was hearing in the crowd. Um, this grandpa will kick your butt is what he said. He said, I got kids your age. He turns to another fan. He says, you don't have a job. He goes, at least my kids, he goes, they have a job. And so these people are all booing. He goes, you started this. I didn't turns to another one. He says, sit down, you little girl. Somebody yells, you old fuck at him. Uh, he yells, calm down. You redneck when he's talking to Manser. Uh, he says, what are you going to do, Fatso, to another fan, which really got people riled up again. And um, he, saw, he said, uh, calm down. I came out here as a professional wrestler. He says, what are you? And it was just like just one thing after another. Manser then grabs the mic and said, George will lose that bat that he has in his hands or he'll shove it up George's butt, which – it was really funny that Manser went clean on this one, which I think is a show of respect too, because George South is funny thing. He's a Christian guy from the earliest of times here and there. He'd leave like little Bible things around and stuff like that. So he is totally known for this. So funny thing, Manser cleaned up his mouth for this little exchange with them back and forth. And like I said, that's, that's old school. That's just being, you know, prof uh, I almost said professional, but that's just being respectful. Right. Yeah, because I, I found it funny when he said that. He's like, oh, Manser just had a uh, Manser with uh, George South, and he didn't have to cuss one time. <laughs> like Exactly. I, like, it was, it, was, it was funny to see uh, Manser acknowledging that. 
you know, Mance is a good guy too. He's actually really supportive of all the things we do. Like on Twitter, a lot of times he's liking and retweeting a lot of the stuff we do between him and Effie. They're, they're really, really just, they're nice people. So, you know, uh, I broke We talked about this a long time ago. I broke down to Mance one time and I'm like, dude, after you fucking won the bunkhouse, why weren't you a champion at GCW? And, yeah. You know, funny thing. Here's another member of SGC. You have one called Manders. He went out. He's won two awards. He's won two. Uh, yeah, he's won two champion awards, I guess you'd call them, in the last, what, two, three weeks. Yeah, he won that SCI tournament uh, just the other day, which was awesome to see. Like, he's one I've been saying, him and Shane Mercer, like, I want to see bigger things from them. And because um, they've been working their ass off and deserve it. I was glad. I was so happy to see Manser win that tournament. He definitely, did, or not Manser, um, Manders, yeah. It. Yeah, because he definitely deserved it. Well, I hope this means big things. And I I don't know when we'll see justice. I don't know. Things are a little, oh, you're drinking a tall boy, eh? Is that what the, nice, I nice. I something for the night. How many ounces is that one? 24? Not enough. 25. 25? Oh, 24, you're right. Ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, um, so I, I don't even know if you've seen this or not, but yeah, we'll just talk. Fuck it. Uh, it'll be on me if not. Um, someone was asking about Matthew Justice and SGC and all that good stuff. And Justice said that ownership is playing Moneyball right now. No, I didn't see Which it. means no. that, yeah, which means that he's just not happy with, he hasn't come to an agreement right now to perform. So be it. I'm just letting you know. I'm not, you know what I mean? That's two men who are doing a private business transaction. have nothing to do with me. Um but I was just letting you know that's what's happening there for right now. And I hope that that gets settled, but it's really odd when it goes online publicly. So uh, Matthew said that. Yeah. Justice said it himself. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, didn't, I missed that. Like I said, I, uh, yeah, I, I have had a GCW like kind of Twitter off all day. So I miss uh, some stuff. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's too much for me to work to start digging through. But yeah, there. Was... I'm looking it up right now, as you said. Like, okay. Yeah. Let's see if I see some. Yeah, you could probably look in his replies. I don't know how many replies he has a day, but it was today. Okay. And I was going to talk to you about it, but I didn't want to blow you up with like a bunch of messages before you woke up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I try to minimize it to three or four messages before <laughs> you wake up a day. I keep it down to three subjects or so. I'm like, well, we talked about this and we talked about this. So. Or not we. It seems like I talked about this. <laughs> yeah. If you let me go, I can have full conversations with myself over, over Twitter. It's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I saw that and I'm like, oh, that makes me sick to my you know, stomach, stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. So, so hopefully they get a good agreement together because I do miss Matthew Justice and I don't want to see him fall down the, the indie rabbit hole, which can sometimes happen. So hopefully not. Yeah. Um, back to this here. The bell rings. George is still talking shit with the fans. George started getting his ass beat and he rolls out of the ring within the first minute. He's still messing with the crowd. Mancer comes out, decides it's time to fight him on the outside. So I'll keep this a little light because this was a 17 minute match and you want to watch it. But again, this is at George South's pace. So it's a little slower match than usual. We're not going to talk about Tope's <laughs> things like that. But uh, there was a, sp a fun spot where George hid behind the referee. And then when the ref wasn't looking, of course, he hits Manser in the junk and people got really pissed off, started yelling, you old fuck. 
followed by fuck you at George South. So they were really not liking George South at all. Fast forwarding to the ending, because sometimes the ending is what everyone remembers. George eventually grabs the bat, but Perch catches him before he used it. He pushes the ref and Perch pushes him back. George goes down, George back up. George hits the ref, ref down, ref back up. Mance hits George with the bat, an eye poke and a roll up for the win. So our winner here was Mance Warner. Uh, Perch did a great job, especially since he was in the ring with someone who had wrestled longer than he's been alive. That's a good way to put it right there. Perch did a great job all night, too. I'll, I'll get into that during the speedball Yoshiiku match because he was <laughs> he was a star of that match as well. But I'm glad Mance was able to get this moment, as well as George South uh, going back to New York. Um, it, it, the match was what it is. It was just a moment, I think, a cool moment for Mance Warner to be able to get in the ring with George South and have it back and forth. I was expecting him to get a little bit more verbal on the pre-show, on the pre-match back and forth with George South. But uh, Lance Warner just came in, kicked ass, and he's hitting the pay window. (laughs) Nothing much to say about the match. It was just the antics before and kind of during and after the match was uh, the big spots for me. Yeah, you're right. Um, This is like WWE style. It's not the steak, it's the sizzle. Yeah, that's what happened right here. This was more sizzle than it was steak, and that's what I wanted. I didn't want to see headlocks. I wanted to see George Mel talking, George South mouthing off to fucking New York people, and I wanted to hear New York people mouthing off back. Yep. So yeah, Mance won this bad boy. He leaves to cheers pretty much instantly because again, this is a respect thing, and this is more about George South. So George South is the one to leave last. You can even see him kind of look back once or twice before he leaves. As he's leaving, you can hear fans chanting George, George, George as an appreciation for his work. You hear someone chant out, we still love you from the crowd. Um, That's what I think he also needed to hear. I know I know people love him, but he also needs to hear, hey, man, we were just fucking with you. We love you. You know, bless you. We hope you get home safely. Thank you for coming out, you know. So he was getting that heat too bright when he grabbed the mic. I was <laughs> word out and he was already getting booed. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that's that's some good stuff, man. It, it's a dying breed, and I really wish there was a place where wrestlers could actually work on just promos and mic work instead of always, you know, doing clotheslines. <laughs> All right, for our fifth match of the evening, this is a GCW tag team title match as the champions, even though they didn't have the belts going into the arena. <laughs> the East-West Express, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne go against Team House or the House of Glory team of the Bookers, Amazing Red, and Brian XL with their manager, Ultraviolet. This was a good in-ring performance. Amazing Red, it could still go. Brian XL, I'd never seen much of other than a little bit of the House of Glory. He looked really good and this was just a great overall tag team match. I think the, the kind of like how they laid out the match, the chemistry and like how the match was laid out, I thought was really good and perfect for uh, the setting. Um, it being in New York, House of Glory's backyard, I thought was a perfect backdrop for everything as well um, with this GCW tag team title match. And this was a good way of Jordan. Or, is this not Nick Wayne's debut in New York, is it? Or no? 
I they believe so. One in New York. Oh, okay, it is. Well, um, it could be his de- his debut with GCW in New York. Uh, okay, yeah. You may be you may be right. There's probably a New York thing he's done since he's 18. He dude works all the time, you know. Oh yeah, but uh, I'm glad to see the East West Express. They showed like a different sense of urgency in this match. Like, hey, like we want our titles back. We don't feel right. That's ours. Give us it back. Like we worked hard to earn it. I enjoyed this match and the bookers. I want to see them back. Like that was a real easy comeback. They fit right into our tag division. They're a great tag team for house of glory. And this was a very good matchup. I'm right there with you. You know what? I didn't have it in my notes, but I would like to see him back. And you made some good points there. I do think they fit in. I think they'd fit in nicely. Yeah. So Amazing Red and Brian XL are out first with the GCW titles in their possession. Not only that, but they're draped in a ton of other belts that they've earned legitimately. Fans were not happy with them for taking the belts. And honestly, I, I'm just saying, I haven't seen much of Red since TNA. It's been yeah, all I've that seen, long. All I've seen of him is just the House of Glory stuff. And kind of like, he's like, I think he was like the, the scramble champ. They have like a scramble champion there. He was the scramble champion for a little bit. He was doing some pretty awesome things in those matches as well. Huh. So uh, Wayne and Oliver were out. Wayne was fresh off an AEW debut. Wayne circles the ring while Oliver stares holes through Red and BXL. During that time, the fans were giving Wayne a fantastic reception. It was like, hey, you know, it was like this. It was like, hey, kid, we saw you on TV last night. Great job. Welcome home. That's kind of the way the fans, you know, treated him. Uh, in this match, Oliver and Wayne were pretty much ruling the ring early. It was obvious that Red and BXL were the heels. We were getting fans chanting Ring of Garbage, which I thought was fun. Tons of fuck you chants, which is the way they yell fuck you. I've only heard that in New York. The fuck you. But yeah. No. Yeah. No. no. That's really? what I think. That's our friend in L.A. Really interesting. I yeah, I didn't oh, know that. My, yeah, that he's yeah. <laughs> the okay, fuck gotcha. you. Yeah, fuck one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh please. Like I heard this, I was like, oh please, not New York too. Not New York. <laughs> I immediately thought my immediate thought was please not New York. Well, it's like COVID. It spread. Someone gets on a plane, goes over there, starts the chant. And now everybody that's to see. That's something that we don't is, need to spread. That's how you know what it is. You know how it is. That, that chant could be for that one person only. That's it. Well, I'm only putting the fuck you chance once or twice, but it happened three, four times. Oh, yeah, I was, well, I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping to not say it too much, but it happened a lot. <laughs> um, but also Nick Wayne was getting a ton of GCW style chants. We had the Nick fucking Wayne chant, which enjoy it because those will go away in AEW unless unless one day we all go to an AEW show with GCW shirts and we just just chant his name Nick fucking Wayne when he does come in and out he'll see the GCW he'll smile Guaranteed. I was doing it like the second time the second match I ever saw him in ever in live in person in Vegas last last year like that mm-hmm. I heard that Nick 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 fucking Wayne chance it's so, like the next show was more of like a family friendly show it was like the local show with the more kids and Right. older older crowd and stuff like that so like as they came out i was like starting the chant i'm like looking around me i'm again like horrified looks like how can you say that with kids <laughs> and older people around and this guy's this kid's just a kid too like i was like nick 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 fuck up and i'm getting weird weird looks about the whole time <laughs> oh dude that was uh yeah the aew show from what, a year or two ago when when we went to that bad boy um i was laughing so hard there was a spot where um 
Drew, the one kid that comes with me, you know, he stood up on his chair and he was like, fuck him up, punk. And I'm like, dude, you got your GCW mail still on your sh. And I, I had to shush him up because there was like a circle of people around us that were like half astonished and half laughing that someone was using that language. And I actually had to say out loud, dude, no, you, you got your GCW mouth on. You need to tone that down at the AEW show. <laughs> but yeah, there was like, we were, we were fuck you in here and there. And then I'm like, oh, we probably shouldn't be doing that at a kid's show, you know, but it's fun. We had to bring the circus with us. Um, both men had equal time in control of the match, which was kind of nice because what was going on there was each were basically getting their time to shine offensively. There was a nice spot where Red hit an avalanche code red on Wayne. Oliver then caught Wayne's body, which was absolutely awesome. Red and BXL grab belts from under the ring. Both surround Wang to uh, gang up on him. Jordan breaks it all up. Did I just say Wayne or Wang? I, I thought I heard uh, Jimmy Wang Yang in there. So. Jimmy Wang Yang. I, I had to stop myself. I'm like halfway through the sentence. I'm like, fuck, I just said Wang. I don't. <laughs> anyway, the um, there was a spot. There was a spot here where Ultraviolet, who came out, she connected with a low blow on Jordan. She then grabs the belt and attempts to hit one of them. Main event. Your boys come out and they um, break it up and drag her off. Love the crossover yeah. there. Right. Uh-huh. I, I love the crossover yeah. storyline there with House of Glory. That was per- that was so good. I, I I didn't expect it. Like I didn't expect exactly. The, uh, I didn't expect like a House of Glory team. I didn't expect any interference really at all, unless it might have been like I said from Mason or a House of Glory team to help them. I didn't expect mm-hmm. anyone to help Nick and Wayne, and then I really didn't expect a kind of a House of Glory more. They're more known for House of Glory stuff than GCW stuff with the main event. I was really shocked to see them come out and help GCW and screw the. The hometown bookers uh, there. That was that was a pleasant surprise in this match. So I'll actually go to the finisher because we need to talk about this a little bit. East West hit for the second time. I've heard this: the Kiku Killer instead of the Clout Cutter. Is that the new name, or did one or the other take Clout Cutter and now they're not using it anymore? Like, what do you think? I heard Kiku Killer too. That's why I was, or was it Kiku? Was it Killer? Killer? Yeah, the Kiku, the Kiku Killer. Yeah, I was like, what in the world? Like, who announced that? Like, I'm trying to listen to me listen to real fast on commentary because I, I was trying to figure out who the hell said that. No, it's MLJ. It had to be MLJ. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I have I've never heard it called that. I wonder if it had something to do with Kikutaru and maybe like that's the only thing. That's where my mind went was Kikutaru. I was like, how did they? What happened there? Wayne, I know Nick Wayne has turned it from clout cutter to Wayne's world, which is cool. Fitz, right. Fitz Jordan as the clout cutter with the and uh, his character, Nick Wayne, the Wayne's world. I love that, but I didn't. I don't know how I feel about this whole Kiki killer. Unless I need, I need to find the the reason why it's called that because I right now not a fan. Of it. Not sure, unsure. Not. I don't know me. <sighs> I couldn't tell you why it's changed, but if it changed and it's like your fucking move, it definitely makes sure we know that yeah. would definitely be something to do because right now I'm like, okay, I don't mind a name change. The problem is I'm used to the other one. So I'm kind of like, okay, I like the other one. Just tell me why this one is the way it is, or maybe just let commentary tell us why it's changed. You know? Yeah. And I didn't catch that uh, throughout the commentary. Ah, it happens. So yeah, our, our winners were East West, and I was 
concerned they might have turned the titles over there. I thought I thought this was the match. I thought this was the one with Nick Wayne's debut in New York with the Bookers. I thought this was the match that they were going to lose it to. So I was when Ben Event came out, I was surprised, but then I'm like, okay, what? There goes one group to help out. Someone else is going to now come out and help the Bookers mm-hmm. and screw them. Like I was actually like. Kind of on the edge of my seat near the end of the match when Made of Red came out because I was like, okay, they're going to hold on to it. Like, a pleasant, like once again, another pleasant surprise to me of having them win because I thought they would lose. But uh, yeah, I was a great match. I like the old school feel of this match too. Like, it felt like there was like animosity there. It wasn't just a match for a match. There was obviously the booked animosity, which I think led into why I found this match more enjoyable and more invested. Uh, and I, I thought timing wise, I definitely thought they were losing. So I thought with new champions, I was, I was definitely intrigued on this matchup and how it would turn out. And it turned out not how I expected, but I'm glad it turned out with East West Express uh, retaining the tag belts. And did they? Uh, I think Nick Wayne even got to walk off with one of the <laughs> one of House of Glory's belts too. On okay, so yeah, that's the funny thing. There was a spot where House of Glory, uh, one of the one of the members, left their belt on the match or on the mat. And you can actually see Wayne and Oliver kind of looking at it, and the camera goes down to it and looks up at them, and they're like, hmm, maybe should we take it? Oh, I thought I saw Nick take it. Did he? Oh, no, he didn't. No, I misread. No, (laughs) No, it got me for a second, because I'm like, oh, shit. Um, But yeah, when Red and BXR are leaving, the crowd are doing the na-na, hey-hey, goodbye thing, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, old school, and it still works in my eyes. So they got... got, um, I still feel like that Red and BXL got some good respect. Yeah, I'm looking at two veterans come in. I'm like, shit, if they're going to drop it, they're probably going to drop it to someone with respect. Now, not against dropping it back to Motor City Machine Guns and them saying, you know what, kids, if it's going to be a loss to anyone, it'll be a loss to us. I watched you come in. I'm more than happy to hold on to these belts until you two come back for them. And it's a total teacher-student storyline love thing. It'd be kind of what Alec. Uh, did you ever go back and watch the JCW show, the full or no? No, that's kind of what Alex Shelley kind of alluded to, like, uh, and the JCW show during their main event. Um, was the East West Express teamed up with Lee Moriarty to go against Kushida and um, the time splitters with and and time with Alex Shelley, Alex Shelley and uh, Chris Sabin. Um, Alex really kind of said at the end, like, hey, like you, you four are like my favorite people to work with in wrestling. You guys keep us young and you guys make us look in the ring, even though we're older. You help us look as good as we do now. And like they said, like kind of like talking with Jordan, like you better make sure Nick is taken care of because you guys are what's next in this business. And kind of like said, like anything you guys need, we got your back because you guys are the next big things in wrestling. I thought that was kind of cool of him saying that kind of alluded to what you were saying is, Hey, if you're not going to be able to do it, we will protect these for you because we respect you guys that much. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. That's, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I really thought this was going to possibly be down. I don't I think thought... this is over though, too. No, I, I don't think this is over with the uh, East West Express and the bookers. I'm glad because I, I would I'd love to see Amazing Red continue to work in GCW. It's been fun to see. Our next matchup of the evening is a special one-on-one match with Maki Ito going against Billy Starks. And this was a match I've been wanting to see since they originally had it almost a year ago when Maki first debuted. 
Um, Maki's way more comfortable in her character now. She's starting to show a little bit more in the ring than she wasn't able to uh, did her first couple GCW matches be- just because of time-wise. But this one was given 15 minutes, which I'm glad. This was a good good women's match. Billy Starks was awesome during this match too. But once again, we got to see a little bit more quote-unquote wrestling out of Maki Ito to show what she's really capable of in the ring. And I was kind of glad that she was given that spotlight. And then we get some talent like Billy Starks, who's incredible even at her young age still to l- help Maki look really good and she looks really good too in this matchup as well i'm right there with you so here's how this worked billy was out first maki was out next both were given huge receptions from the fans i like seeing this a lot because we talk about how they go all oh, the female wrestling matches no attention nobody gets up from their seats they like to sit here and they like to watch this and so i celebrate that hats off Maki Ito chance, Billy Stark's chance. I'll keep it at that as we go along so I don't have to say it 100 times over. There were tons of them. They go for the handshake. Of course, Maki being in MDK gives Billy the middle finger. So then there was a spot where Maki was pulling out some of her poses for the fans. These are not really seen in GCW often or maybe even before. But then Billy does the same. So I'm thinking they're having like a cute off. So Maki would pose and the fans would like cheer and whatnot. But then there was a spot where Maki hit it and the fans started chanting, holy shit. <laughs> so then, uh, uh, so I love our fans like that. It, it really is because it made that one fun and I didn't think about it. So, you know, <laughs> um, there was a spot, though, where Billy does a spin and Maki then kicked her from behind. That kind of ended the cute off. So Billy ends up pulling some heel shit and she gets booze from the fans later when she did try to act cute. And it was funny and unexpected from the fans because you could see by her reaction after she did the little cute thing, they booed and she was like, what? You can even see it. Um, I will say that this match with Maki is much better than yesterday's Utami match that Billy had. Maki and Billy were having a good brawl and a good match. Billy was now basically getting booed on every move. Again, the fans were hanging on everything. This is a good sign. There was a spot worth mentioning where Billy was catching Maki midair, spinning her in her arms, and then executing the move. I would say Billy was in control for a good chunk of the second half of this match. Maki tries to rally at times, but has trouble. Finally, Maki got on offense towards the end. She hit a very impressive Texas cloverleaf for the win. Maki pulled off a fucking Texas cloverleaf, dude. Serious. Old school. That's what I said. I'm glad she's able, given the time, to showcase what she could do, because... I, I think she hasn't been able to do that as until recently. Like this match against Billy, and what was the other match she just had that was like given some time? I can't think off the top of my head. Of that. Uh, cover. I'm looking at that real fast. No, Tommy? Uh, not really the Tommy. No, uh, for Maki Ito. She got Billy, then she had. Ooh, that's oh, the match, the match with Rita. Like okay, in LA. Like that, that was even a different style match, too, though. But. Um, that was still done really well too, but this this one stuck out to me versus all yeah. the other ones. I'm actually like going back and looking. I think I, I think I just maybe miswrote it in my notes, but this was probably yeah. Okay, okay. So this I'll go out. my favorite match that she's had in GCW just because of everything. I, I thought there was one well, more match in between, good. but I couldn't remember. But this must have been the match. That's a good statement, dude. Hmm. 
Yeah, um, I, I can say it. I, I thought there was one more match in between the Reno one where she had a really good just straight singles match, but um, I was... Uh, yeah, the women killed it in this match. I'll go out there and say it. It was better than the main event. I agree. This this women's match was better than the main event women's match. I'm going to say it a couple times. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. Just my opinion. This was more interesting to me than a series of, you know, anyway. We'll, we'll get to that, too. Also, <laughs> I, I did enjoy this match, though. Maki and Billy are now one and one. So we need to make this happen a third time. I don't know when. I don't know how. Hopefully, maybe, well, I don't know, maybe at Homecoming or somewhere, but Homecoming's already booked out. Uh, maybe in L.A. I don't know. Billy starts uh, Makito, number three. I like yeah. how Billy's working as a heel, too, like when it's required. She's showing off, like, the heel back and forth. I think that's perfect, too, to show, like, hey, the Ring of Honor group, like, or AW, like, hey, like, I know I'm just, like, you're going to book me as this baby face, but it's going to be kind of similar if they got to book Billy and Nick Wayne the same way as these young prodigies. Like, I'm kind of scared. I would like them maybe even to turn Billy into Bully Starks and kind of have her working <laughs> as a heel just so that way there's not kind of a, a similar kind of thing going on between the two. So... I don't know. We'll, we'll go deeper. I, I want to talk about the main event, but we'll go deeper when we get to the main event. I'm just going to say this match was better than expected. I had it in my notes. I was really, really, really enjoying it. And um, I was happy that it got a little more time than usual to, to perform here. So after the match is over, Gage comes out. That was really nice to see. He goes and hits the microphone. Where's my fucking gang at? Maki then grabs the microphone and she does it also. Um, fans chant MDK, MDK. The gang announces, I'm sorry, the gang. It was the gang. Gage announces that he's going to fight Cardona and Steph Delander at GCW Homecoming Weekend in AC with Maki Ito by his side. So they kind of turn around because a video comes up on the screen. It's Cardona and Steph Delander saying that they knew Gage would do this. He's too predictable. And as they're kind of talking from behind comes up Cardona and Steph Delander. They basically attack them and they beat them up. And in the end, they say that they accept Gage and Maki's challenge. So in the end, Gage and Maki recover and leave the ring to MDK chance. It looks like our match has been set at AC. That's that's going to be a fun one. I, I do like how uh, they are going back to it, even though like I thought they were going to be done with it at the collective. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's going to be good. I think the AC crowd with, with this storyline is going to just destroy the Cardona and stuff. Any chance they, they could get getting over with the crowd and then the gauge. I, I just think it's going to be a different atmosphere that they're going to experience there. And I'm glad, like, like I said, that it's not just LA that crowd get it, the AC crowd gets this match and we get to see how they react because I think they're going to do a great job of selling the shit out of this match. Oh man, anything else you have to say about this one before we move on? Because, yeah, Good. just like it was a great, like, that was the I'm, I'm mad at myself for getting confused, but that was the. Uh, Maki match I've been saying that she did best but also Billy did a great job and I I, I, I agree with the call one on one let's see, let's see a rubber match and uh, see who wins there would be a great third final fuck match fuck yeah fuck yeah let's do it alright our next matchup is a very very fun matchup as Speedball Mike Bailey goes against Yoshi Iku after everything Yoshi Iku did to Speedball at JCW to try to screw him out of the victory. 
against Mao in the JCW show as one of the special referees. Uh, I like this. I enjoyed this match. It was great. I honestly thought maybe when this match was announced, I thought this was going to be kind of the main event just because of I wanted to see what Speedball could do with Yoshiki. Uh, Cole had a great Yoshiku match in the collective. I just knew Speedball would take it to another level, and I didn't think Speedball would get as violent as he did. It was, it was kind of a shame seeing Speedball uh, go into that dirty of tactics to to beat Yoshiku. But he had a deep dive deep down and uh, use any dirty handed, handed tactics to try to get the victory of Yoshiku. But Perch also had an outstanding match as a referee in this as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, th- this was a very busy match for one guy performing. You know, <laughs> yeah. really, there was two people performing because, again, like you were saying, big ups to Perch in this one because he really did a lot of work <laughs> to keep this one in the right spot. So, no lie, Speedball is one of my favorites. In my eyes, he's never had a bad match. He came out with Tajiri-style pants on. He has security with him, including a fake Don Callis. I was unsure if there was a storyline here, but I had a feeling something tongue-in-cheek was going on. Yoshihiko was out next to the familiar Undertaker music and then does the 80s, 90s throat slash that uh, you see back in the day. Holy shit chants from the uh, crowd as they are astonished by the absolute potential of this match. They were just blown away in their own minds by their own uh, ideas of what could possibly happen here. Um, just, Just watch this match, though. The doll's mannerisms are the humor, and I can't report it. Like, when, when the person moves the head left and right to kind of, you know, acknowledge the – like, there's stuff there. I, I can't really mention that to, to really explain the funny parts. You have to watch that. There was a spot where people started chanting, this is wrestling. I – that's when I wrote down on my notes, Cornette is having a fucking heart attack. Like, if he just watched this, this would be, like, something he's allergic to. Yoshihiko chants throughout the crowd. There was awesome support throughout the match. Callus interfered and got thrown out of ringside by referee Perch, which, who was that, you know? Wow. Was it Mal? Yeah. <laughs> Mal Callus. Mal Callus. That's great. <laughs> um, fuck you, speedball chance. That really hurt. I was really surprised by that. We had Yoshi's going to kill you chance. Um, Yoshi started bleeding at one point. I thought that was, you know, Yoshi got color. Wow. I really didn't think Yoshi <laughs> would ever go there, you know, to go to those lengths, but. It went there. This really wasn't good. Perch put the gloves on. Bailey was opening up that wound with heavy shots to the forehead. Like, it really did not look good for Yoshihiko. I I really didn't know there was blood in there. Like, I thought, yeah, wow. Perch putting on the gloves. That was it for me, dude. That was Uh, it. I lost it laughing. That was so fucking funny. I was like, he's committed to the bit. This is awesome and amazing. That was a perfect combination of speedball perch. I just have to say that. Well, then, you know, Bailey bringing out the blood and, you know, busting open Yoshi's <laughs> forehead like that was that was brutal. That was a side of Bailey that I was completely afraid to see. I I 
It was like when you get in a car with a girl and she farts and you think differently of her because it stinks so bad. That's what was going on here with Mike <laughs> Bailey. Like his attitude sucked so bad. I was like, I don't want to see mean Mike Bailey. In my head, Mike Bailey is always like, Nice. I'm not as a heel here. He's I, a great I, heel. I, I'm just fucking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I got you. Like similar though, is my thoughts with Billy Starks. Like I, he did does really good as a heel. Like it, I wouldn't yeah. be, I wouldn't be mad to see heel speedball. Heel ball. So Bailey grabs a Quebecois flag and waves it proudly. This creates a USA chant. Yoshi comes from behind and chokes Bailey with the flag, hanging him over the ropes with it. Yoshi with several V triggers in the match also. I just wanted to mention that what's going on. Bailey then is cut open and Yoshi hits him with a pile driver on the stage. This match became brutal. I was waiting for a spot where they might even like pull up the fucking pad and expose the boards. Holy shit. I'm waiting for that to happen. Well, I think when Speedball went outside and did like he tried to hit a cutter, or he hit Yoshiki with a cutter on the outside and he hit his back. Like he just saw him like, oh shit, no one's there to catch my body weight and <laughs> slow down my thing. And he just took that bump full on. It's like, oh, yeah. oops, I forgot about that. Like, I thought that was a pretty funny spot too, just to catch like, oh shit. And not like to show the difference of wrestling against other wrestlers and Yoshiko. I thought that was a pretty cool little uh, tidbit I saw there. I'm surprised more wrestlers haven't done more high, you know, high risk maneuvers and just used Yoshi as the pillow that stops their fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wrote down in my notes here that Bailey's creativity in this match was showing so nice. Like it was just, it was wonderful. What I like about, okay, I never thought I would say this, but what I like about Yoshihiko as a performance tool is that the matches um the match truly shows each performer's imagination you will not get the same match out of cole that you did out of speedball that you will out of say akira that you will out of masha that you you know uh i like that you know when you go into most matches you're like okay they're gonna do their five moves of doom they're gonna have one of two finishers we're gonna cheer because we like their personalities more than anything clap clap see you later not not the same here it's never the same from from any perspective and it really is interesting because it feels like you get a peek into the mind of the performer and it's, it's like, all on you like that's the other part see like because all what's, the eyes are on you well okay so what i was thinking was is if you're a shitty matchmaker it comes out in the match and if you can write a story and if you can call things on the fly and if you can feel the crowd it's going to show in the match so I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how that was going to go. And he handled it really, really well. Okay, so there were a lot of Kenny Omega references in this, obviously. the um, There's a spot here where Speedball does the Tiger Driver 91 on Yoshi and just basically fucks it up like uh, the, Mega match, the Omega match was. <laughs> and you're hearing from the crowd, you sick fuck, as Speedball is basically just driving Yoshi over and over into the mat. Um when he was yeah, driving he, Yoshi into the crowd, the bar- the the barricade, like that was the spot. Yes. For me. I was just like laughing too. I was like, oh my god! Like, but Speedball I mean, killed it. This was. I wonder if they get along or Speedball. You know, I can, I don't think Speedball's doing it in a mean way. I think he's just you know. Speedball uh, wrestled um, Osprey. I haven't saved. I haven't watched it yet. But I was like, it's super young when they're young. But like, I want to yeah. watch that match. That's a match I want to see now. Like. 
nowadays. Like, do you see what their teeth like? Well, have we seen Vakingo and Speedball yet? That's one I'm waiting for. Holy don't, shit! Don't me. That's like that's the one. Like, there's there's Speedball Leo Jordan or Speedball Leo Vikingo. I need to see like. I'm, so we get to see in Detroit Speedball versus Leo again, uh, rematch of the PWG uh, match earlier this year. But now I, I do want to see like Vikingo versus Leo or Vikingo versus Speedball. That would I be want, insane. I want Yoshihiko versus Speedball, uh, not Speedball. I want it versus Vikingo. Oh, I want Yoshi versus Commander. Well, seriously, because we're going to get a peek into their matchmaking abilities. Imagine what story would have to be told. With Vikingo. If Vikingo like, how would that work? have to change it up. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Know, that's a different side of him. So what I look at is Yoshihiko is primarily just a paintbrush. That's the best way I could put it. It's a paintbrush. And we basically stick this fucker right in someone's face and go, your time to paint. The only thing I don't like, I'm just going to be fair, is I do not want to see something like, I don't care if it's even speedball. I don't want to see... Yoshi used in a main event. Don't don't hate me, but my main event is reserved for two plus that people cold? to do their. Unfortunately, yes, and I love the match. It's just I'm like I would no, feel I get touch cheated saying, yeah. if my main event money went to a man and a doll and not two people. Also, that means that somebody lost out on main event money that night. I was really looking money? forward to this one. <laughs> like Speedball versus Yoshiku yes. was one. I was like, when it was announced, I'm like, that might be the best possible Yoshiku match I could possibly see. Like, I've seen a couple, like a handful, not a lot of them. But uh, the ones I've seen have been, I just said each one is different and cool and fun in their own different ways. But I thought with Speedball, as you said, his creativity and how much he has been on fire since he's been back in the States for years now, um, I, I don't think anybody could get a better Yoshiku match out of out of the Yoshiku than Speedball did. And I, I thought this match could have, after seeing the main event, I couldn't think this could have been a main event as well. Like, I, I, the way I was watching it and, and so entertained by it, I would have been happy if that was the last match I seen and kind of called it a night. If Speedball was in the 90s, performing up against some of our greats back then he'd be considered a hall of famer now that's the best way i mean think about it put him up against malenko put him up against guerrero he's gonna hold his own bring his own style and still mesh with them pretty well yeah the one i'll see that's why i was bringing up was like they're trying to get him against uh daniel Bryan or brian danielson even though I know he's hurt, so it can't happen. But at um, they're doing the that multiverse thing again with like the triple uh, New Japan and Impact. They're doing like a kind of a crossover and stuff like that too. And I think a couple like uh, AEW people are going to be there. They were saying, but that's one match I know that's being thrown around. It's like wow, that would be incredible. Speedball could have a lot of dream matches still. Like he's had a lot of great. Yeah. I, on the independent scene, like I don't think there's another name out there that I haven't seen him go against. I want to see him in a one-on-one match without going into like AEW's roster, or WWE, like a contracted wrestler. And I think he's done incredible. Like I, the stuff he's doing at Impact now, like he was in a, like a tag team with Gresham for like a match or two, I think, and they look great as a tag team. Like Bailey is killing it everywhere, and it's just was, was awesome seeing. Like I agree with you. I have not seen a bad speedball match. Every time I know Speedball's announced, no matter the opponent, I know it's going to be a great and phenomenal match because he has yep. not delivered a bad match since. So uh, 
let's have some fun here. Do you think that Speedball, let's just, let's go out there for a minute and it, and it can happen. Do you think Speedball could take the title from Blake yes. and become our new champion? I actually thought he, I don't think he could have taken it off Moxley, but I, I Speedball could absolutely be our champion in a heartbeat. And I honestly, I know Blake has a lot of GCW in him. I think he's speedball would have been a better option than Blake. But I think now is the better time to do it because I could I would rather speedball go against Blake and take it off Blake than he would Moxley. So yeah, I think speedball could definitely be the GCW world champion. And I would like to see a feud, like an actual build a story around them and stuff like that to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out who's who's gonna take the title off of Blake next. Yeah. Who realistically looks like they will be the one to carry the torch for the next six months for our company? I have a feeling who the next champion might be. Who do you think? I have two guesses. Okay. Maki, just okay. based off okay. of being a face and po- the popularity that she's getting. I'm trying to think of faces that could like legit do it, like storyline and stuff like that. Um, another one would be Rena. I think Rena's needs to be like aging. <laughs> I mean, she's killing it. Those are very interesting choices. Yeah, I mean, I personally would love to see Speedball. I—that's the name. I would. I think Speedball should be next and do it. But I think with the way they're kind of booking everything, I wouldn't be surprised to see Maki be the next GCW champion. I'm trying to go through my. I'm trying to go through my thing here. Let's have fun. Wouldn't it be great to put it on Commander? Yeah, I know it sounds, but you know, the guy has such a, a squeaky clean image and, and, and that's another one where he could draw kids to the show. I know that's not what we're always aiming for, but it would draw some youth to the show. Um, I don't think he'll be around long though. Under yeah, any so atmosphere, I'm, man, he's, I'm, I'm su- surprised by yep. Kingo. This is, he's been GCW this long and hasn't had a title shot. That's shocking to me. I thought if he was doing three shows and then bye. But if he's done almost 10 shows now and hasn't had a shot at the title, like, I don't know what they're waiting on there. I'm shocked. That's one name I'm shocked that hasn't. I still feel like we lost a lot of star power when Moxley is gone. And I know some people weren't happy with that title not being defended all the time. But I miss him. (laughs) I do miss him. He can come back and do shit with Gage. Just stay away from the title. Like, I'm... I don't like part-timers being the one that represents the company. They don't need it. I get like, that. I get big that. enough star, come in, do a dream match, and build it off a dream match as a co-main event with your championship and build up your champion. There's no reason. Like I, That's why I hate about all the Brock Lesnar and Goldberg shit. It's like, cool, have them come back have a match against Cena. They don't need the belt to make it any more important. Nobody's going to not watch that match because the belt's not on the fucking line. Like, right. you, could, you could still do your nostalgia and crowd pleasing stuff with past favorites or part timers while still building who you're building your company around and building them into a star and have them getting like the rub off of those people, not getting involved with those people and losing. And then it just kills all the momentum. Like I think the part timers should be doing like if boxing were to come back, do something separately with gauge Cardona, not involved in the title and let Blake or whoever the title is, Keep building their name and build that and build the show around there. And then like keep that's the only way you're going to get a somebody building someone up to the next Moxie status is by building them, not by putting them in there against them, losing and then not seeing them again for a while. So who's Blake taking on for homecoming? Uh, 
I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I'm actually getting ready to look right now. I think I'm about to say after that match, like that match announcement with Vikingo, and that, I was just gonna say Vikingo versus Blake would be an awesome homecoming match. Um, that'd be amazing. I don't know. Blake still doesn't have a match for August fourth at Detroit. The next show, like almost a ton of stuff has been announced, but they don't have a match for him yet. Uh, let's see. Blake is still not. There's still not a match announced for him for Homecoming Night One yet, but he is announced to be on it. So that's that's all I have for that one. Let's see if I have Night Two here somewhere. I mean, oh, unless I they saw, somehow I saw get Tony Deppen. Oh my god! Okay, I've stolen your idea and thought it was mine. It's because I loved it so much that I thought it should have been my <laughs> idea, and I'm mad I didn't come up with it first. Your yeah. idea of throwing the fucking hats into the ring for Tony Deppin's return in fucking AC at Homecoming better fucking happen. I'm, I am. I thought it was see cool. hats flying into that ring like like streamers. I tweeted that out, and like I've been talking about. It, like it's funny. My wife goes. You know that's not your idea, right? I was like, I thought it was. She's like, No, John said it. You just loved it. I'm in love with it so much that you like adopted it. I'm like, Well, that's a fucking best idea I've ever heard him have because I love it. I love it. I love it. And that, that was a name I was thinking of, but they kind of already did have a match against each other recently. Yeah, that's that's the problem with these wins and kind of losses not mattering. That's why I kind of don't. That's where I get and my mind and kind of stuck and not liking the booking with the championships based off of wins and losses and who could be next in line. Cause literally it could be anybody next. And we don't, we don't have, it could be Lufisto for all we know. It's the next title shot. And <laughs> like we say in all these things, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like it, there's no right rhyme or reason of who's getting shot. So that's why I'm like, I'm not, I don't even know. Like I would want Vikingo or somebody that would make sense, but I probably not happening at homecoming. It's probably going to be, uh, outsider or someone we haven't seen or I don't know. Huh. I don't know either. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out soon enough. Oh, the ending. Our yeah. ending here. Uh, Bailey hit a Stormbreaker on Yoshihiko 4-3. So our winner in this one was Speedball. I don't give it up. I love saying Speedball. Mike Bailey. Um, yeah, I've, I've already said it. I'm going to double, triple down on it. This was a really excellent performance. In the end, Bailey still picks up Yoshi and shows respect. Now, I don't know if this is the first time or not, but we got please come back chance at Yoshihiko. So Yoshi takes their bows and to the back they go. I, uh, I, <laughs> I'm just now appreciating, uh, like appreciating the Yoshihiko thing. I really was not a big fan of it. No lie. I'll come out, come out of the woodwork and tell you now. I really wasn't because I'm like, what a waste of money. What a waste of time. There's a wrestler hungry sitting back there right now. Not going to get his meal tonight. That's, you know what I mean? And that's why I, it, yeah. I still reserve it for the main event. I will still say in the main event, someone's missing out on main event money. There's like 30 plus fucking hungry workers and only two main event, four main event people. And one of it goes to a guy in a doll. So I'm like, Ugh. if that was my main event at a live show, I would be pissed. I'd be I like, are it. you seriously going to roll around with a fucking, you know, like it's, it's literally just, you know how it is too. It's basically just a wrestling doll. And then they put a blow up doll head on it. it it's <laughs> like sewn on. If you, I don't know if you've ever seen it, yeah. but it's like sewn on really good. Um, 
yeah, all you're doing is watching someone do what they would maybe do in a gym for practice. You know, it was like one time we watched a match and I think it was Hammerstone and someone else came out to wrestle and they came out in like sweatpants and shit like they were cold. And I'm like, is this isn't a fucking pretend match. Get out of your fucking shit and wrestle like you're supposed to. And I don't know. But um, yeah, Yoshi does need to come back in specific cases you have to really pick who's gonna take that on it has to be someone creative yeah that's why i was really excited to see mike bailey's like i was a little just a tad but i get why it was done and it was a it was funny while it was being done but like now watching it back and kind of think about it kind of did like just as you said kind of did this the kenny omega will osprey like it kind of took the creativity away because he kind of copied what just happened instead of just coming up with a blank canvas of his own. But I get it because there was a lot of discourse and blah, 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 unsafe. And how dare Mike Bailey be unsafe with the, with Yoshiiku in the ring? Like, Lord forbid that's going to get the, the news out. It was a good statement. It was a good statement. I enjoyed everything happening throughout the match, but for the eighth matchup of the evening, this was a fun one. This was all the New York legends as it is a six person tag match as the team of Grim Reefer, Homicide and Matt Tremont. I forgot what were they called? The OGs, right? Is it with the OGs? Uh, I think they were. I'm not really yeah, 100% I mean, think, sure. Yeah, I think I remember you saying like they were OGs. And I like that name. Uh, going against a team of Los Macisos with Jimbo, Jimmy Lloyd. This match was better than i expected to to be in especially in new york right with all the action all around the arena to start off and in the rink this was one of those ones that just was a fun match it was fun they could tell they all had fun in there they all got their moments in homicide teaming up with grim reefer team out was awesome i enjoyed this match okay so on my end i was honestly waiting for this match all night I'm, I'm a violence person. This was the one that I thought was going to bring some of the best violence. Uh, Lloyd has matching pants with Los Macisos, so we may have called a tag thing there. I don't know. That would be a fun six-person tag. Gosh. He'd fit in really well, too, I think. I don't know how. I don't know why. It's just he would. Um, also, New York City was giving Homicide tons of love, and I, it was to a point where I had to make a note on it. I also noted here that there was a lot of potential blood loss in that ring with all those with all those people in there um i was noticing that cyclope is fighting with boots that have a bunch of tacks stuck in the bottom before the match even starts you can see he's kind of down on one knee at one point and you can see the bottom of his boots completely covered in tacks it's kind of funny um the actual tag rules are being followed and that actually made this match a lot more fun because it created that tension that can only be created by having Everyone stand outside those ropes and actually have to watch the one guy in the ring. Tremont um, brings out the first door. He bridges it across the ring and the guardrail. Another door is then propped in the ring corner and a chair has also been thrown in the ring. We're about five minutes in and we had not seen Reefer that much at all. Just after I mentioned this, Reefer is finally in. He was killing it against Jimmy and Miedo. And I'll just kind of go to the ending here. Because, again, this is kind of a quicker match. Homicide took out Jimmy Lloyd with his finisher, which, of course, I don't have the name of, unfortunately. So, um, But our winner here was Grim Reefer, Matt Tremont, and Homicide. 
After the match, Homicide decides to bash Jimmy repeatedly with door pieces. I believe he's a touch mad about the finish. That's more like maybe kayfabe, but he was not happy. And you see Miedo come over and like look up at, uh, he kind of looks up at um, Homicide and he's like, what the fuck? If you go watch it, watch that ending and watch where he starts to beat on Jimmy. Like he was pissed. What's going on is Homicide goes to do his move and Jimmy like, um, he, he tucks himself wrong. And the move doesn't hit right. It hits. Oh, you're talking about Homicide's finisher? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know who, like, I'm not going to say, I don't know who's to blame. I can't, I'm not going to say that, but like, it didn't look right. Um, I think that's the cop killer, right? Or the gringo killer, whatever he calls it. Unsure. But yeah, that, that right there was. It was, yeah, it was, uh, he landed pretty, uh, (laughs) pretty bad, but. Just awkward. I don't think it was he, he, He fucking bashes, he bashes him like he was mad at him. And that's when yeah, you'll see Miano come over and look up at him like, stop. I'm, I'm waiting for it. He's got the chair in his hand. and Oh, I see what he's... Okay. I mean, I, I remember taking a note that bits and pieces felt a little off just because of yeah. the chaos of all six people. But I didn't write. Like, Homicide looked a little bit more like he wasn't... bad because it wasn't as clean. Like, maybe he didn't come off as, like, quote-unquote professional-looking other than that. I don't know. Like... I don't know. I, I, I'm all for Miedo versus Homicide. Let's book that uh, homecoming weekend. That'd be a oh, fun shit. match to see. Wow. We need an East-West. We need to do like, hot, well, see, we can't do that. Never mind. I had, <laughs> I had a matchup. It won't work. Sorry. Uh, no, I don't. Actually, what I was saying was it was going to be Homicide and B-Boy doing East-West, like old school 90s, but yeah. I don't think he's really doing stuff anymore. So that's why I don't think I'll so. say it just to say it, but <laughs> I won't say it anymore after that. So. Just just thought of East West old school nineties. Yeah. It was a good match though. I enjoyed this match for what it was. It was to give the OGs their time, especially Grim Reef for Homicide. There's their time in New York. The one thing I was a little disappointed in, but I get it, it's Homicide's network or uh home. They didn't play uh Tremont's music. I would like to hear the New York crowd yep. sing Tremont's music, but I get it with Homicide being Pretty much exactly. the, the big bigger name on that uh team getting the hometown stream. But I enjoyed this. Like when they started brawling like on the stage and stuff, I was like, oh shit, this is gonna get crazier than I <laughs> ever expected it. And it was a good match. I'm glad that they were able to get that moment in New York. Uh next match is the GCW world title match as Blake Christian defends it against my favorite fucked up wrestler in this fucked up life, Mao. I'm glad Mao got this match. I'm glad Mao was able to show off everything he did. He had the great match at JCW with Speedball uh, before. This was Mao's match. This was awesome. This was a showcase for him. And Blake, being the asshole he is, did it perfectly to get Mao over. And he, I think Blake did a really good job, too, in his heel mm-hmm. work throughout this whole matchup uh, with the New York crowd, I think. All right, so Mal was out first. Absolutely love that robe that he has. I don't know um, who does a lot of the gear, but gosh, they always make it look so good in Japan. Like, it's really hard to find a Japanese wrestler, even on the independent scene, that has shitty gear. That's one thing I've always noticed. You rarely see shitty gear. They actually get it. That's one thing for sure, is presentation. If you're going to look like, you know, shit in the ring, at least look like shit in the ring with good gear on. Yeah, the only thing is other like with the young the young lines or like I saw like one of the older ones from GDT came out and just have all black trunks. But his kind of character is like the Stone Cold character. But I, I do like that is something I never really noticed. But yeah, every single like wrestler that comes from Japan is 
decked out and looks really, really, really good. <laughs> yeah. And as they should, they worked hard at it, you know? Yeah. Um, Blake doesn't come out, but a referee does. They end up talking to, I forget whoever was the referee in our ring, and they said that uh, Blake couldn't make it because of transportation issues, which ended up creating a lot of booze. And that was right after, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Uh, Blake then attacked from behind. That's all. I was going to say, it was, it was perfect setup because Prezak, I don't know, like, it would have been really smart if they did it this way, like, because Prezak wasn't on commentary for the first half until I think maybe the this match or the speedball match. But he then he hopped on commentary and said, hey, I had travel issues, just got from the airport, came here. And then so I was like, with that tease, that made it seem like, hey, Blake Christian really isn't here. And I at first was like, oh, really again? But I'm like, no, there can't be anyway. Yeah. It, okay. So for this one, for me, I just felt like it was highly physical. There was just a lot of agility going on. So I just wanted to kind of tie it in with what you were saying there, because, yeah, it was just crazy uh blake was arguing a lot with referee adam galt oh adam galt that was a referee <laughs> jeez Louise. also i don't know if people are noticing but i'm trying to mention the referees more because they are also performers and um might as well get used to it because some of these folks have been around a while and i hope to keep them around for a long time I have people like adam you have perch you have scarlet you have some of these guys have been doing it quite a while in gcw and we're getting attached to them so don't forget they they're out there making sure everything runs smooth also um, I didn't want to get too far into this, but um, maybe we can just a touch. Blake is being defined by his challengers right now instead of the other way around. This happened with Hangman Page during his first run in AEW. He's not outshining his opponents yet, and I think that should come with time. I don't know how much you're seeing that or not, but right now his run is being defined by his opponents more than it is just him. I know that's really maybe too deep of a thought kind of thing, but... I don't know. I haven't seen Blake against anyone yet. Uh, that's what I'm Besides saying. Gringo. Yeah, I was just about to say the Gringo one sticks on my head as probably like the best in-ring match that he's had as champion. Oh, the Richard Holiday was pretty good too, I think. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, no, I agree with you. As champion, uh, that's kind of... Yeah, that is his title reign. is Gringo, Adam Priest, Brandon Williams. That's all locals. Richard Holiday, pretty Local. big name. Well, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. It, it was local because it was in his hometown. Uh, Beastman, that was just JCW. Now, like I said, at this other than Gringo, I thought in-ring, this would be the best representation of Blake Christian as champion. But yeah, you're right. Up until this point, it's been uh, easy pickings for challenges for Blake Christian other than Gringo. Yeah, there's not. it's been uh, no real regulars. GCW regulars have been rubbing up against him yet. We'll see how that goes. Um, maybe we're waiting on someone. Maybe we're waiting on Deppin. I don't know. We'll figure that out. It'd be weird to have a heel beat heel. I, I see what I mean. Like, but Tepping, when Deppin comes back, he might get cheered and be a cool pop as a face. But then, of course, he'd go back his his asshole ways and get the he'll get the heel pop or heel heat real fast. Well, it'll just make him a better heel if he comes out there, accepts the cheers and whatnot for what they were, and then goes right back into heel mode. You know, like okay, that's I, what I think you do. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, I I would like that. Like I I do want him to stay as a heel, but I think he's going to get a pretty loud reception on his yeah, return, which yeah. is absolutely called for. And I hope it does that. Like I, said, I hope your idea comes to fruition. That I want to see at least ten hats flying in that ring in AC. I even reached out to the people in my group chat in AC, and they know a lot of the people out there. I'm like, hey, try to see what you guys could do out there because I want yeah. this to be a cool, memorable moment for Tony Deppin. Because it's a, it's a cool idea. I, I do like that idea. And like seeing Alec Price getting it was awesome. Because that's other mm -hmm. like name another streamer or entrance we've seen in GCW. 
right i, it's I, I can't yeah. real rare yeah this, oh so uh blake knocked mal into the referee luckily he only got two but blake then in, ended up getting a curb stomp and that ended up giving us the win so bleak here ends up with our win and that was all right <laughs> he just walks out still as champion you know blake makes adam galt put the belt on him you know a little cocky thing at the end there i don't know i it was all right it was good i enjoyed mal just <laughs> kind of showing off that he I, I think mal fits in perfectly with gcw he's one yes. that could fit in like i don't know how much of the like the quote-unquote death matches he does out there um i believe he and collective he got into that death match for like instead of the glass they were using those plastic containers and um <clears throat> sorry i know he says he's a fucked up wrestler for a fucked up world like i could see him doing death matches i don't know if he does i would love to see it if he does do it because that'd be a different side of mal that uh we haven't seen kind of done in gcw but this night i think was and jcw speedball showing off mal's in-ring talents and i think they're undeniable. Like he's he's an exciting wrestler for me. I I enjoy watching him, and he's ever since the collective, he's one name. If I see him on a card, I know I to stop what I'm doing and watch and pay attention because I enjoy watching him a lot. That will lead us into our main event of GCW's now and forever. As okay, let's see if I could get this right again. Utami Hayashista. That's pretty good. Yeah, Utami Hayashista. Shista. 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 That was great. Uh, that was I'm a getting, lot closer. I'm yeah. getting <laughs> Goes against Lufisto. Uh, I'll kind of say what you said earlier, because I this was a good match, okay match, but I don't think main event level quality was there. I pre- would have preferred, in hindsight now, maybe seeing the speedball versus Yoshiiku, or even give a little bit more credence to Blake Christian's world title defenses. Like None of these have been main events in... Let him main event a show and be the marquee and face of it. He's the face of your company as a champion. I think it would have been cool uh, to have him uh, main event after seeing uh, kind of had the card played out. Utami versus Lufisto. The only thing I, I've now noticed with Utami is like she does a lot of German suplexes and kind of different variations. But other than that, I she hasn't really clicked with me as much as like let's say Maki did for the first time seeing her and stuff. So. That's kind of left me a little disappointed in this being the main event of this card because it was a great card. Like I loved all nine matches. One through nine was incredible and fun in their own little different ways. And I think they could have been main event uh, caliber matches compared to this one. Okay, so I'll go ahead and kind of run into it myself here. Otami was out first. I was hoping that this match was impressive because up until this point, I hadn't really seen anything memorable yet. Uh, kind of goes into the last talk we had. I'm loving a robe, dark deep red, solid black, Utami chance when she comes out. Lufisto was out next. As she's walking out, Lufisto chance, donning the Lucifer symbol <laughs> on her outfit there. Again, first ballot Hall of Famer. Lufisto was the heel and was in control most of the time here. There was a funny little spot where she licked her hand and delivered a chop, and people chanted, Wash your hand. <laughs> um, <laughs> There was a this is awesome chant from the fans at one point uh primarily there were a lot of strikes back and forth i think that would be the best way to put the exchange between the two of them utami got beat on fairly good in this match um there was something funny where she goes to lift lufisto and someone yells uh use your legs <laughs> lufisto showed frustration after failing to finish off utami utami then wins with an avalanche bomb our winner here 
Utami Hayashishta. So um, the show closed with Utami chants. There was New York, New York being played from the uh, loudspeakers, which was kind of cool. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna echo you here. I don't understand why this was the main event outside of maybe the prestige she may have as a wrestler. And Lufisto is what I'm saying. Like I'm glad Lufisto got the main event spot at at least, but in ring wise, I and just I I mean, I yeah, I the main event spot for this match doesn't make sense to me. But oh well. <laughs> so here's the funny thing. Like I'm not. I didn't find anything on this rev on this um, leg impressive. Um, and I really, I hear the fans saying, please come back. I think those were fans that already knew her to begin with because I'm an, I'm a rabid GCW fan. I don't see what would bring her back at all. What was the move that she was doing over and over? I, I just kept on seeing like a German suplex, a couple yeah. different variations of what I like. I remember, I remember from that match. Like, I just don't feel like she fits the GCW. I guess kind of expectations as a wrestler, just based off of her in-ring stuff and her character and everything. It seems like it's more of a traditional, traditional stardom figure. wrestler. Like yes, Maki classic. had something different. Yeah, Maki had something different in her. Like that was not just the Joshi kind of thing. Like I, I, from what I saw in AW, I saw a lot of charisma, a lot of like, as you said, the, Hey, fuck you guys. That fits in GCW. Perfect. Boom. And now she's doing it and using it the right way with Maki, uh, Maki death kill and everything. And we've seen her kind of come into her own with the GCW thing. But like when I see Utami, I, I, I'm not like, I'm not saying this was a bad match either. Just nothing stood out and made me think that this was main events either caliber in ring or anything it would it was a good match with lufisto and i'm glad lufisto got the main event in new york city i don't know if that's a big thing for her or if, as you said this was maybe a sign of respect for lufisto's prestige in the independent wrestling hall of fame and given her this chance to do something maybe she's never done before i don't know but i just know based off of in ring and everything else that happened in the first nine matches i could i, I said butsy like i was shocked cardona like you, you, you could have switched match two and match this match with me, and I've been fine. And then hey, have yeah, Maki yeah. Death Kill come out and beat up Cardona, and then throw out that challenge to end the show. That makes sense. That's a main event. That's a big names. Those are GCW people. That makes sense to me. Or this one, yeah, and yeah. and you could throw this ma- match too. It'd have been just fine. Like it was a good match, but nothing that made me say, "Wow, I'm glad." Or nothing that made me think that that should be the main event of the night. Other than you said, maybe we just don't know the prestige that Utami has overseas or to other fans and stuff. In my eyes, I don't know her as good as maybe I should. And I just don't see maybe what I should, what others see. And that's just my opinion. Like I said, I don't think she's a bad wrestler or anything. I just don't see GCW in here where other, like Mao, Mao screams GCW, like, you know. Like there's certain wrestlers that scream they fit in GCW and belong in, or they or if they don't, they show it in ring. Like hey, we could get crazy. Like the Bollywood boys got crazy. That's something I think they don't fit in GCW, but they <laughs> they got fucking down and dirty with Los Macisos in LA and had a yes, match. I'm like yes, they belong. So that's where I'm coming across with this Utami. Like I said, I don't want to sound negative or be negative. It was a good match. It's just I for me, I don't see GCW and main event GCW New York. Uh, in this matchup that's all hmm. yeah um 
I wouldn't even give the OGs. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out. Okay, the people who were cheering for her mostly knew who she was when when they came in because there's just Utami chance when she came in. There were at the other shows. She has a fan base. My don't kill me, and especially if you're listeners, I'm so sorry. Um, just my opinion. I didn't see anything in her performances at GCW that made her stand out. Generally, when there's a new name that Brett brings into the company, I see one, maybe two or three performances. And I know exactly why he brought her in for us to enjoy or him in for us to enjoy. I don't see it here. Uh, I'm not interested in seeing her come back. I was bored during the main event. I thought it was a waste. This is personally me. I thought it was a waste of main event. And up to this point, unless there's something special that someone got out of this, feels like a waste of money. Like it really should have went towards something else. And I know right now we have this huge love affair with that island Japan. But I mean, like I was I'm I'm a fan. This is my first time seeing it. Bless the fact that I have a first time opinion. First time seeing her, not interested, didn't like it. There was nothing in there. I don't know why he even had her in. I don't know what makes her special because I didn't see it. I couldn't like I couldn't find her. Her fucking feet were on the grounds the whole time. And everything she did was what you would have a trainee do in the first two years of training. So I don't have anything. There was nothing special. There was nothing high flying. Both of them are five foot something and under. There's no there was no fights. I mean, I don't know. It was just a lot of, oh, you fake punch me and I react and oh, you fake punch me back and I react. And every now and then a fucking German suplex. And I'm like, after about seven minutes, I took it out of my notes. I was like, I checked out board. I sat there and watched it because I had to. No shit. That's the first time I've ever said this. I'll say this. Lufisto outshined her. Definitely, in my opinion. But every... Everything that she did in the ring, ring set, owning of the crowd, controlling the character, getting emotions out of the crowd. Like, I, I don't know. I, did, I emotionally just couldn't get invested in Utami, as you said, during this run. Like, that's not to say, like, hey, she shows up and AC has a great one on one match and pulls out some crazy shit we never saw during this one. I'm like, okay, that's why we get her. We're up on that bandwagon now. But like, yeah, during these yeah. three matches, I, like, I haven't seen much, as you said. Like, I think, I think she got outshined in her three matches that she had in GCW. Was it three or two? It three. Was three. She had three matches. Who was the first one again? I know Billy. Uh, um, I couldn't tell you. Oh my god, yeah. It wasn't that great either. I mean, I, I, that's just, I'm not yeah. trying to, like, I said, I'm not trying to be rude. That's just my opinion. But, like, like there it goes. Like, she had three matches in a weekend, and I remember two of them. And I, I just remember the Billy one because I think Billy showed more that she, what she could do in a match more than what Utami does. It's, I, I got more from the, from Billy and Lufisto as opponents than Utami, unfortunately. Um, Billy, Billy did more the next night against Maki. Oh, Janai Kai. Then, yeah. And then see that match was like five minutes, I think. I'm gonna look it up right here. Oh yeah, it's like Janai Y. Okay, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Okay, it was, it was ten minutes, but like all I remember that match was Janai doing her strikes and doing good, and she actually pulled out a couple moves that we never seen before. That I gonna assume that she got from Japan, maybe work, even working with like around Utami and stuff. I don't know what company um, Janai Kai has been working for when she's been going over. I guess I could quickly mm. two clicks and find out. 
um when she's been over there and oh she's been working with glee okay and glee's a pretty good one in, in toki joshi tokyo josie pro okay so she's not stardom per se but uh it's a well-known company out in japan for another like joshi company like stardom um like even janai cat like said she busted out a couple moves that i remember but all i remember that match with from utami was german suplexes and that's it like i don't know like as i said i don't want to shit on her i just don't i personally don't see it i could be wrong that's fine but i don't see it right now and maybe she's maybe she's known for getting other people over i mean like dolph ziggler every time dolph ziggler's in a match you're always like talking about who they're in the ring with or who he's in the ring with as being an awesome worker instead of like him like he just makes others look better than what they do you know like yeah no 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 that's just why i get you yeah. I didn't want to be, I'm not even trying to be mean as much as I'm just trying to be honest because I don't yeah, want to sit here bit. and try to bullshit people who really give a fuck and listen, you know? Yeah. And and God bless people who actually do listen and disagree with some of the stuff we say because that's just, you know, that's good. That's okay. And what's yeah, nice and is that if people I've want been to... Wrong. <laughs> Let us know. No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with opinion. That's the beautiful thing. Sometimes, you know. No, I've been mean, like on my first opinions and first like impressions of wrestlers, and like and wrestlers like some group takes a while to grow on me. Some like instantly, boom, thirty yeah, seconds yeah. in, I'm in, and I'm in forever because it's awesome. But there's other wrestlers that taken like Kevin Blackwood took me a long time, and I'm just now coming coming across on his side and enjoying some of his work and stuff like that. But there's this like I don't know. It's wrestling. It's art, as we always like. We kind of talk about off stream. It's art. It's all subjective. It's all what you perceive yeah. to be good in your own vision and how you perceive it. So, and for those of you, for those listeners and viewers that enjoyed it, Tommy, I'm glad, and I'm glad GCW did bring her over for fans like you and for to get over to to try to get new fans and to like give that exposure to fans that wouldn't see her in the states other than her home company. And it's not like I heard a lot of hype. And I'm like, okay, I build her up into no, I, I watched all three matches and I'm like the only hype I got was like anything I saw. Yeah, the Nothing. week of when like the two days after like maybe the day that she got announced at GCW and then the day after actually was when I heard all the talk was like, Hey, how come nobody else could get her and GCW did? And that's why I was like, Oh, like I got maybe I built my expectations up because that's all I heard was how could AEW not get her, but GCW did like what the hell is going on? So I'm like, Oh, she must be really good then if people are surprised she's going to GCW, not AEW. So maybe I just had these bigger expectations than I should have, or maybe I'm wrong. It, it's on my thoughts and what I've saw. So I don't know. But I, I'm the same way. I didn't there was not much hype until the day she was announced, I think, or the day before, maybe there was like a a tease that hey like she's announced that she wants to start doing indie work and then like the next day it seemed like she was announced for gcw if i remember that timeline correctly so weird yeah i uh gosh i don't know i don't know what else to say about it just between the two it just wasn't my thing and i think that's okay i Not thought the show yeah too. i thought the show was excellent and great and like that one bad thing i just don't understand the match play but like oh well like it's still a good match but that match too but any other main event i'm going to say this is like one of the top shows that they've done of the year because i like everything was done on the show we got uh yoshiku mao got the ogs and homicide you got mason yeah. like this this card had everything and it hit a lot of different points that we always love seeing gcw hit and we saw a lot of building storylines and i don't want to I unfortunately I don't want it to take away from what I my opinion of the whole show, but it does ultimately because it's the marquee and main event. So like it knocks it down like half a grade or whatever 
<laughs> like that's all. Hmm. Um, I don't know if there's anything else really to say about that. I was getting ready to like talk and go, okay, I'll not think bad. of something. No, 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 no. You, you're not at fault for me being absent-minded here. Well, it's funny uh, though. We were, we were afraid uh, you would come off too negative, but I'm the one that's uh, rambling. <laughs> no, no, it's just, no, it's okay. What would suck is if we sit here and go, hey, it's great. Hey, it's wonderful. This and that. And then just basically lie. It's just better to just be like, you know, and I, and I didn't, I was almost hoping you liked her also because I didn't want it to be like we yeah. both agree. If we don't like somebody, we both agree. Yeah, it's not both like we're tag teaming here. This is my own, like, no. <laughs> we have our own opinions on our own wrestlers and yeah. we differ on all of them. Like, this is one. It just happened yeah. to be, and like, it's it's our opinions. It's yeah. not a big Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I was hoping you were going to counterpoint me on her. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So that people who are fans who are listening go, oh, you know, I'm going to say that the three matches that she had here, I'm not impressed with right now. If she comes back, which I'm okay with if she comes back, but I'm not asking for it. Uh, and I'm not going to go out of my way. No, no. But if she comes back and she does something much better, I'm 100% open and 100% I'm going to be watching anyway. So I'm always into someone being like, you know what? I wasn't feeling too great about it or I was nervous or blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But if you come back and you do better next time, that's great. Unless you're dead, there's always a next time. I'm cool with it. And here's one thing I will say that I've seen on her online. The fans absolutely love her. Her fans do. And she's, I've heard she's gotten like long lines at all three shows. And the way she presents herself with the fans. And like, I heard she stayed. Like, I want to say, really? I don't know how long, like stayed a little bit longer than other wrestlers because she had the longer line and made sure every fan was happy. But the way she's like is smiling and the fans are like, she has good interactions with them, but like her look in the pictures with the fans, like, I think maybe like we're, I'm, she's deceptively like taller than maybe what like we're envisioning or remembering. Cause like when I see her in these pictures, she's like, seems pretty towering for a woman, her size from what we've seen. It doesn't seem like her matches against Billy. Billy's a, a taller woman as well. Janai Kai's a taller woman. So, uh, Lufisto would be the shortest of the three. And I don't remember her standing out in the ring as much as I remember seeing her online, but like even seeing her with Billy and Janai, it's like right on eye level. So, that's another like she has a good look like it could turn into something way better than what we're even right. seeing now too and i don't even know how old or young she is like like i said i don't know her prestige and like that's one thing i kind of do wish now i like kind of quickly would learn and do more just but i don't think even then i don't think that would help me with how i was left those matches in ring right well see the thing is this she may not even be an excellent wrestler she just may be excellent on the mic she may also be just a part of some fantastic storylines. You know, you think the rock's a great wrestler and eh, not necessarily. It's the, it's the whole presentation. It's the mic work. It's, you know what I mean? And, um, madman Pondo was the one that I was going to use as my example. You know, he's not doing much. He's not flipping. He's not flying. Sometimes he can barely get his ankles over his head, but because of who he was, and still kind of is today he gets that acceptance and love maybe because of pure respect i wonder if some of this is pure respect and i I think that would be fair and see here we go this this is going to lend some credence here and this is my opinion still just reading real fast in two minutes so she's 24 years old so she's young so that's a good thing like she's still got a lot to build on that's going to be that's would be cool to see the improvement like i'm actually 
staking the seeing the build and everything like the age is awesome she is that former world of stardom champion till 2021 and stardom wow. and like joshi really blew up and my like when i started hearing about like amaki ito and all this stuff was like right around or the end of her time so maybe she was like right there the precursor before the blow up of everything she's like you know like that but she's still so young like she can still be a part of it still growing but um wonder what it is then yeah and like maybe, maybe someone she's... who's a super fan needs to write to us and tell us what the hell it is well uh, see like i'm trying to think maybe it's like uh like maki ito when she came here she's like a jobber in not okay i don't want to be rude I'm not, I'm not she's not like a main event player over uh correct. from her yeah. old company but like right. her presentation and look and everything that aw did when i first saw her and what gcw did made her feel way more important than that so i don't know like there's like a little disconnect there of between maki and there and like maki's clicking for me over here where she did in japan and utami seems to be clicking for people in japan and not me over here it's just interesting how it all uh is subjectively looked at <laughs> yeah you know what each each person has a region though too we see that with willie mack on the east coast we see alec price on the west coast like people still have to get them it takes a little time True. So, you know what I mean? I look at it that way. So um, I just wanted to give my honest opinion of what I felt I saw and what my feelings were. But that doesn't mean that she's awful. That doesn't mean I have anything terribly negative to say to bring a person down because the look, the presentation, what she did do was clear. It was snappy. It made sense. It looked good. She's well-trained. She had a lot of classic movesets to her that I appreciate. I'm guessing, given the fact that she's only 24, that's why she has that moveset that she does is because she's been classically trained and the Japanese system will bury these things into your head so deep that she's going to come out with that. Now, in four years, maybe six years, she may have a moveset that's all her own. But for right now, it looks like she's using the classics and that's fine. But again, if there was even a couple extra moves that I thought was special, I probably would have mentioned them and see there's here's what i was going to bring up my point like it's as you said nothing seems special but like when i see all these clips of like these joshi wrestlers i don't watch i don't see like i've never heard or seen but like i've seen like this one that does like a, the cross body but like mm -hmm. as they hit the opponent it flips again like it does the extra rotation in into a cross body like they're doing these innovative moves i've never seen in the states before like anywhere done by anybody wow. but the joshi's ones are doing it and then like maybe we're comparing her to the viral clips that i know maybe that's what i'm doing is i'm holding her like hey wow, where's all this cool flashy shit i'm seeing other people doing i just seeing as you said the basics the the what you need to do like the just the necessities you know well like, it just seems like her. All of her wrestling felt safe. Most people, when they come to Randy GCW, Orton. take a little risk. And Randy Orton's known as great. Isn't that fantastic? You yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. there we go. This could be a Randy <laughs> Orton effect. He could get in the ring, just do solid work, and be like, oh, was that special? And then you find out. Yeah, actually, years later, yeah. Movement with him and several other things he didn't yeah. think of. Yeah, years at the beginning, like, come on, dude, you're young and you should be able to do all this. Like you said flippy shit. Come on. Like, you're just doing the mm -hmm. basics. Then years later, you appreciate it. So. Maybe uh, hopefully it won't take us years to appreciate Utami, but uh, maybe the next couple times we see her, maybe by before the next time, if there's some time off, we'll uh, see some improvements that we could uh, appreciate a little bit more than what we did this time. All right, memorable moments, or did we kind of cover? I kind of cover a little bit of mine just when I was going off all the other cards. 
Gotcha. Yeah, go ahead if you want to like finish them off, or do you feel like you polish uh, most of it? I, I think I fought polished most of it. It's cool seeing the OG okay. and uh they get the time seeing East West Express winning the or keeping the tag titles awesome and uh what the lucha match i just wish we saw a little bit more of that three-way all right so on my end i was going to mention the fact that Perro's presence was such a disruption and how much he's become a force and that's a lot of what we asked for in a hoss and here he is the undertaker paul bearer thing between cardona and sdl i thought was wonderful um the gauge and maki challenge to cardona and sdl gringo loco commander and rs just in general, watching George South do his thing on the mic, the East-West win, the Billy and Maki banger, which was a surprise of the night for me, and then Speedball and Yoshi taking each other to the limit. Those were really my memorable moments of the show. Yes, it was, it was fun. Though. I enjoyed this one. And I'm actually excited to uh, go watch mm-hmm. the next one now while I edit this one and watch all the deathmatch fuckery that I haven't gotten yeah. in the last couple shows. All right, you want to send them out here? There's a mic working. Yeah, I think it's okay. out um, Okay, there, there we go. Sounds normal now. <laughs> my audio went screwy for a minute on my microphone there. That's all right. Perfect timing, though, right at the end here. Professionalism. <laughs> all right, here we go. Long, Long live. Oh, Are you buffering over here? <laughs> yeah, G. My, my internet signal's fucked. G. <laughs> G. C. W. W. Peace out, fools.